So welcome to uh, Four Nerds Save the Universe, episode 28, yes. uh, recorded on this lovely June 4th of 2017, the year of our Lord. Uh, we have a lot of questions. Our backlog of questions has gotten to be pretty unmaintainable, and yeah. <laughs> a lot of people are really kind of starting to get pissed off about that, because I keep getting messages saying, like, when are you going to answer he my question? He didn't answer my question. I submitted a question. He didn't answer it. Are you actually getting well, messages like that? Uh, yeah. yeah, actually, oh, yeah. after after every podcast, there's a couple of people that uh, message me like, when are you going to answer this question? I submitted three weeks ago. I love that zero ago. of those have reached the person who who goes through the questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have Pretty no funny, idea. Yeah. <laughs> I guess okay. we're just uh, easier to talk to. People trust, trust us more. Or it's because you guys are streaming it, I suppose. Uh, yeah, some probably. people fucking spam questions, by the way. Some people I'm set, sure email they me do. six times in one in like a minute. I'm like, why isn't this one email? Yep. So the idea is so we're, we're just talking gonna about go questions so much because we're, we're gonna, gonna we're gonna churn through the whole backlog today. Yeah, we're just gonna Woo-hoo! burn through the, our chronological backlog of questions in in that order, basically. And, and how long does it go back to? Months, the oldest one I'm looking months? at here is from March 19th. Oh, oh no. that's not terrible. But I haven't oh, been doing okay. the, I haven't been doing them in order anyway. So like I'll I I check each one as they come in, and so like certain ones stand out as like oh we'll do that one right away and stuff like that. So like I've been picking and choosing sure. all the time, and also several mm-hmm. of them have just been thrown away because where's scrap mechanic or something other that I don't want to do. <laughs> yeah. Or oh, no, no. That, if that's you fine. if you send us a message asking whether one of us in specific is going to play a specific game at some point in the future, I will always throw out that question. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just not an interesting question. And yeah. you can send them the message if they want to answer it. And you probably already yep. commented on several videos asking that question. And you're just <laughs> trying to do it through the podcast now. The yeah, we know. questions answered already. We know. <laughs> we know. We know how you operate, fans. So first off, we have from Benjamin Meyer. What are your guys' favorite video game genres as in both topic, as in like fantasy or medieval and stuff, and gameplay style like sandbox and strategy and why? So um, the the things that they listed, um, I associate more with settings rather than genres. Yeah. I'm going to answer both. Uh, they said to... topic, and I would definitely think like setting. Yeah, well, I I'll, I think we should answer both just to make sure that their bases are totally basically covered. Like, basically, like what's the fiction genre and what's the gameplay genre of your favorite yeah. type of game? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Bird, do you want to go first? I like puzzle games, um, and my favorite genres are sci-fi. There aren't a whole lot of sci-fi puzzle games that I've played. Talos Principle, play Portal. Huh? Wait, Bird, you and I should do uh, parallel playthroughs of Talos Principle sometime. Yeah, we should. We should play just Talos Principle. I we just be playing it at the same time, so oh, we just could like, actually like we're it. both gonna play it this month by happenstance. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, that and sounds by... like a real. That sounds like a, a let's play sabotager to try to like merge them I... in some way. No. By no, 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 puzzles, no. do you mean logic puzzles, navigating the environment and figuring out what triggers what, or like what kind of what kind of? Yeah, puzzle? I like mist style. I like mist style uh, puzzles, mm-hmm. but I also like um, portal, I like, like more. Yeah, I like more chambery type of stuff, not just like um uh like mist where it's like kind of very open and you have to piece together the puzzle across like a big landscape. I also like things that are portal style where it's a very discreet little unit of puzzle. That was um, an interesting thing I had to deal with when I first started saying like I'm going to have a, a slot for doing puzzle games on my channel was like the idea uh-huh. of like how do you define puzzle game and at like is an adventure game a puzzle game? 
And if yes or no, where in the hell do you draw the line between adventure game and puzzle game? And then where, I, where do you draw the line between walking simulator and puzzle game at some point? Like, it's actually going to be really interesting trying to figure yeah. out where the barriers can be because it's so vague. It's actually interesting yeah. because uh, a lot of adventure games have puzzle elements in them, especially in, say, like dungeons and stuff when you're trying to move or activate uh, certain rooms and devices. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I would have to say that, like, for the adventure, the elements of having like action and combat might set it apart from just a pure puzzle game. Yeah. Yeah. Adventure games don't usually have any kind of violence in them, though. Oh, lots really? of adventure games what, do. Adventure? Really? I would consider most adventure games are have like combat elements to them. The like mod- uh, Prince of Persia. The- That's a pretty quintessential one. Um, I don't think Prince of Persia would count as an adventure game. I think when people talk game? about, I think when people say adventure as the title of a game, they're talking about a, like a point and click. Well, I'm thinking well, of maybe, action adventure. Maybe. Oh, I, I mean that. Because adventure is kind of a useless genre name because it no, describes I, all of video games in a weird way. I would argue that the early, early Prince of Persia's could. I feel yeah. like people only t- people only say adventure game talking about something like Walking Dead or King's Quest or something. As far as I can see. Well, okay, I mean, I guess uh, I conflate action, adventure, and adventure together, and maybe you don't. I, but. I guess I just remember hmm. Prince of Persia very specifically. Like, one of the older super ones puzzly. was... At the, yeah, at the very least, you definitely know what I mean when I was talking about how di- impossible it is to differentiate an adventure game <laughs> from a puzzle game when I'm talking about that yeah. as an adventure game. Like, yeah, where's, no. the line, where's the line between Portal and King's Quest? It's very hard to figure out. It was a cool discussion. Glad we had it. Back to questions. I'm sure we have a ton. We need to, we need to uh, I'm be policing yeah, that a little bit. We got to go lightning round on this one. So yep. I guess I'll go next. Uh, go for for me, it's uh, Metroidvanias, which I didn't expect up until about this year when I started playing good ones. Um, and then genre for like setting would be sci fantasy when it's kind of kind of got like tech a fantasy yeah. star, really, where it's just like you got laser swords and shit. And very few people do that, which is kind of a shame. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Keith. So I, I'm pretty sure my favorite type of uh, setting type thing is is sci-fi, usually because it's it's doing the fantasy type thing of playing with un with like crazy unreal concepts, but also under the guise of trying to explain it. Yeah, and I, and I like that kind of stuff. And usually because the explanations come with some can even come with some level of horror, like it goes you go into territories with like crazy stuff like Soma. Genre is mm-hmm. hard, like video game genre is really hard because I'm super torn between puzzle, rhythm, and RPG. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like they're Those are pretty disparate. Rhythm, yeah. rhythm would, must like, would be a uh, little bit further out there. One. I mean, I have a rock band catalog, a DLC catalog of over a thousand songs, so mm-hmm. I really like beat matching games. Uh, but that's the, that doesn't ever manifest on YouTube for obvious reasons because it's music based video game content, so you can't record it really. <laughs> right, it's all super not okay on YouTube, but also you can't mm. talk while doing it because your brain's being fried. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> while you're trying to do like fucking like mute like playing a muse song on on the <laughs> highest difficulty and you're just losing <laughs> your mind. I think people just put up like hundred percenting. I hundred percented this song kind of thing. Meanwhile, like I'm super getting into uh, puzzle games a lot. Like I always loved the portal games when those came out, but I'm finding so many of them now because of Steam and like how how much yep. PC gaming opens up that genre in a way that it doesn't ha- usually wasn't available as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point where now, like, I just I did another escape room yesterday again. 
already. <laughs> <laughs> I've done like six now, and those are a great experience too. Those are cool. Those are uh, cool. Weird thing where like we uh, we we did an escape room that's been around for like a year or two now, and we were only the second team to ever successfully finish it. Oh, cool! Congrats. That was neat. Uh, and obviously RPGs. That's <laughs> that's those are just itself. quintessential video game. I, I <clears throat> obsessively play them because <laughs> mm. <laughs> RPG just like it, it comes with the promise of like it'll be a big sort of story with a, a with a defined setting of some kind, but also it'll have some kind of gameplay hopefully that has other details that matter besides just pressing the right button at the right time even though that can be fun in its own right but finding <laughs> the boundary of what the fuck that means and what what spectrum of that to focus on is super nebulous because rpg is almost <clears> a useless <throat> genre at times to define things because people like it categorizes the same things like it'll take something as role play heavy as divinity where every action you do matters and you can mold the world mm. around you in crazy bizarre ways and put it in the same category something like diablo 3 where nothing you do ever matters and you're getting rng dice roll loot and just clicking at stuff mindlessly until it goes away a lot of the time like massively disparate games are in the same category but i lean towards things that make me think which is probably why the puzzle stuff happens there but rhythm is the opposite mm -hmm. of that which never makes me think <laughs> Uh, did everyone ask the question? No. Uh, I haven't so, yet. Shell's favorite genre is mist, and her favorite setting is mist. <laughs> <laughs> How You're did not... you know? Yeah. Hey guys. Well, there we go. Let's, let's, let's hear. Let's hear. Let's hear. Let's answer. Okay, I like sci fantasy because I mean, as you guys had mentioned before, like having science fiction in there with, with like the tech and maybe even the interaction with humans and various aliens and stuff that's interesting. But I like it when there are fantasy elements because you can suspend your belief just a little bit mm -hmm. more with magic and sorcery and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So I really like it when there's a mixture between the two. And it's hard to find that balance in many games um, and films and novels and whatnot. As for the type of game, I, I I know everyone's been like sort of like yeah, puzzles are awesome. I love puzzles. But the for many of the first games that I ever played were puzzle games. But I also like the fact that RPGs, uh, specifically the ones where uh, your character has to uh, make pivotal choices that might you know change the course of the story or their interactions with other characters. Uh, those are interesting because. Uh, with films, you're watching someone else's narrative. With books, you're reading mm -hmm. someone else's narrative, but you're applying your own interpretation of the visuals, at least in your head. Uh, with this, it's the visuals and the story are sort of set out there for you, but you can change the course of it. So in a way, it's you're experiencing it on a different lo different level, and I think that's the kind of thing that video games give you that other genre, like other media doesn't choice. Yep. Yep. Choice. Hit the nail on the head. Woo. All right, question number two. All right, and to reca recap, you can send these questions to fournerdsquestions at gmail.com. Uh, it's pretty much floating in the corner of the of the podcast, I believe, every time I edit one, so that's visible. Uh, Gavin Redder asks, what is your favorite Dark Souls game and why? <laughs> I wonder if we should qualify. Oh, that's actually kind of a difficult one. I wonder if we should qualify whether okay. or not it's Soulsborne or just Dark Souls. Dark Souls. No, let's, let's outlaw uh, any Soulsborne. So, Lords of the Fallen, Demon Souls, and Bloodborne are disqualified. Well, I, I, would never, because... I would never count Lords of the Fallen. <laughs> wow. 
I just mean I like as so in between my, one, two, or three. I just mean like as like nebulous as to whether or not people count Demon Souls and Bloodborne sometimes as the was the ground rule. Well, but actually, other one, developers is totally different. I'm not familiar with the differences between the three games. They all sort of look dark. There are grotesque beasts. Well, you've and never you guys played are, any of them, so you won't have an answer. Prune like mummy men that end up getting clobbered all the time. So, like, what yeah. are the differences between the three games? That's too long of an answer for this. So, yeah. uh, I. We'll, it's the we'll kind see. of You'll explanation. Get... It's kind. It's the kind of nuanced explanation that would require you to already have experience with the games to begin with to explain what's different about them. Clearly, so we have to lay so much. Gr- we have to lay so much groundwork first before even trying to answer the question. At that point, yeah, okay. pretty much. So I've got an answer, uh, and it's probably the the least popular of all of them. I like Dark Souls two the best. It was so Dark Souls three was too fast for me. Uh, uh-huh. You know, stuff like sword and board didn't really work anymore is you really had to dodge you couldn't really block anymore and most of the enemies were very bloodborne to the point kind of to a fault because i i did miss the slow methodicalness of the dark souls series and dark souls one had that and it was good but it was too clunky um and i guess maybe the other reason why i like uh dark souls games is the multiplayer and uh i felt like two is kind of the best the least like problematic of all of them Whereas all the other ones kind of had fiddly bits that I didn't enjoy as much. I don't know. Um, all right, what, is, what about you? I Keith? think we had the <clears throat> least trouble ever doing co-op in three than two. Oh yeah, three because uh, three, really? three had three had built-in password systems and all these other things, and even like well, all that two I did is, is like... eventually in Scholar of the First Sin, I believe they eventually gave us the rings that would let you lock out everyone who wasn't using the same you ring as you. Too. But even then, with the ring, you still like yeah. you just have the signs not show up constantly. And like we had, we like mm-hmm. fought for it when we were trying to do it with Spider. I yeah. guess I just remember playing, um, uh, playing it mo- uh, Dark Souls two most recently with Bird, which was actually super functional and not busted yeah. at all. I wonder if it was just because the the game's dead now. I wonder. Uh, yeah. Like there's probably, no competition yeah. of any kind on the server, so it's like, yep, I'll, I'll match you up with the one other player <laughs> in the United States. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I could, I could. All right. What's your answer, Keith? One, two, or three? Blah. It's so nebulous. Every single like it's it's one of those things like favorite bands and things like that where my answer feel I feel like changes every time I try to answer it. Yeah, I, probably. Also, I f- and and I had asked the previous question because I always find myself floating back to Demon Souls for some reason. Uh, <laughs> so I have the int- I have the conflicted thing where it's like at some point I wonder if it's like choosing your favorite doctor, like whether or not you're just biased in favor of the one that you that got you into the thing in the first place. Because like mm. I I beat Dark Souls first. That was the first mm-hmm. one I actually beat. But Dark Souls Two is the first one I got good at because I played it a lot. And that was, mm-hmm. and then I had the tipping point, and then I would, by the time Dark Souls three came out, I was just already good at Dark Souls, and so like it's such a different experience from game to game, and so it's hard to yeah. figure out what the hell you'd pick as your favorite. But on some level, yeah, I played, I've played Dark Souls two like six times, I think now, mm-hmm. and it's got a ton of content that's really well done, and it's really it's a really enjoyable thing, despite the obvious complaints people usually have about like the lack of Metroidvania and stuff like that. Because it yeah. is just a spoked wheel of level. But that was also what Demon's Souls was, and I like that game too. And despite that, uh, there are levels within Dark Souls 2 that are Metroidvania, like micro-levels. Like the, uh, was it like the, uh, I gotta think of names, but like the, uh, 
the poison level, the lava level, like there's levels that actually in themselves have a bunch of like crazy interlocking paths that you can figure out. Like there's like getting inside oh, yeah. of the, the, the getting DLC inside of the to circumnavigate having to even fight the the, uh, the DLC the, was wonky. <laughs> well, you basically yeah, but like the DLC was even more Metroidvania, was, which is beautiful. Yeah. Oh yeah, because two of the DLCs had that trick where you play a you uh Two of the DLCs had a, had a trick where you play through most of the DLC, then flip a switch somewhere that changes the setting of the entire DLC, and then you play it again with different yep. passages everywhere. Right. And then the first one was basically a Zelda dungeon, with, down to the point of shooting eyeballs that were on ceilings and stuff to open doors. Oh, yeah. I remember doing that. Uh, so Dark Souls 2, with all of its DLC, like it, it might be my favorite. I've played it so much, and I just I, I really enjoy the game, and... Mm-hmm. The complaints people have about it often don't really register much for me. I'm just like, oh, that's fine, sure. Although it also raises the question about whether or not you're talking about Dark Souls 2 or Dark Souls 2 Scholar of the yeah, Force and whether or not those are two different games. <laughs> I was about to ask that. Honestly, now that I've played through both, uh, more or less to completion, I have to say they're actually like way more similar than people give them. Like Apart from so. like the kind of initial levels and like a couple things here and there. There's, a, there's a heavier change at the beginning for sure. And I think... yeah. I hated Scholar of the First Sin in the beginning because yeah. there's freaking... Scholar of like, the First Sin is flat out like not brutal. meant to be played by people who are new to the game, which is awkward yeah. because they don't frame it that way at all, I don't think. Because that's the one that they can sell. And for or some people, it's the only one that's sell. available because they, didn't, they mm-hmm. didn't put them both on Xbox One and PS4. They put, the, they put Scholar of the First Sin on those ones, and that was the only option. I think also don't they consider fixed. Like, yeah, Heights they also Tower of Flame is a nightmare on the oh, new yeah. version if you're like brand new at the game like oh yeah by the way you know that one kind of hard night that we thought was really tough so we put them th- in three places in the entire campaign here's a whole zone of them in the first zone I'm like, what <laughs> what oh yeah <laughs> how did that happen yeah that's that's a toss-up mm-hmm. but yeah okay, probably two i guess yeah bird well um we're unanimous it's uh two for me as well yeah <laughs> I, two, I guess. Uh, what I liked about two, first off, the DLCs were really fun. Um, but second off, I, I, I've been, I always find myself relatively endeared to like the quirkiness of Dark Souls two. I like the fact that the the world has like no consistent vision to it, and I like <laughs> the fact that the plot is like the oblivion kind of, of the Dark Souls like, series, particularly insane. Um, I, I love the fact that you just have like this Narnia effect all over the world where it's like, I'm going to walk through a sewer and then pop out and then I'm in a castle and like they, the, the whole world is there just were like very real reveals along the way. Like, just like, yeah. Oh look, dragon land. That's where I am now. <laughs> the land of dragons. Yeah, it was, it was, it's pretty, I, I don't know. I've always like, I've always really liked that for some reason. Um, and uh, I guess another big part of it was that Dark Souls 2 was my first exposure to Dark Souls. So it was kind of like a, a, a fun experience of actually getting good at a Dark Souls game. So yeah, between those two which, things, which I, I the, do like, think that... Who's your first doctor kind of issue of like, yeah. just the one you get attached to first could be a thing. Yeah. But like, I do, the first one I, I got mean, attached to was Demon Souls. <laughs> if you ask yeah. me like, hey, Bird... Do you want to replay one of the three Dark Souls? I would say Dark Souls 2. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I, and then if we beat it and then you ask me, do you want to play another Dark Souls? I'd be like, we can play two again. 
Like, I could probably display that game more. I think part of it is, too, felt like it had a bunch of viable builds. Like, the magic all felt viable at the same time. Different weapon sets. I was going to say one last thing was... Dark Souls 3 was very derivative of 1. And a little bit of Uh 2. Like, just in terms of, like, its settings and plot points. Which kind of hurt it a bunch. And kind of does it a disservice. Because when you get to the mechanical level of some of the stuff going on... Like, there's actually a ton of new things going on in 3. Oh yeah, 3 was amazing. But they keep paying homage to stuff so that you're... That's the first thing that comes to mind is the stuff that's similar over the stuff that's not. Yeah, I I really am looking forward to whatever they make next because hopefully they'll kind of take this... You know, the kind of Souls formula. It's why I want to play Bloodborne with you guys so much because it... It looks like its own thing, and it looks fun. Bloodborne uh, is very I, uh, cool. I played Dark Souls and 3 it's also twice. Very derivative. <laughs> I played yeah. it uh, before and after playing Dark Souls 1. Before, I was like, oh man, this is all really cool. After playing Dark Souls 1, I was like, oh man, they really just stole every damn thing they could have from Dark Souls 1. It is so derivative. Okay. Right. Uh, well, question number three. All right. Uh, that's not what I wanted you to do. Stop that. <laughs> okay. Uh, here's a question I kind of don't understand. <laughs> okay. I kept skipping over it. Uh, Draconic asks, have you guys watched any old shows recently and found it weird or surreal? And I, um, do, oh, do you guys think I, you know I what they were getting at? Like old shows as in... Yeah, shows that we loved when we were younger, but Mm -hmm. now that we're back to it, it's kind of bizarre. Yeah, I keep trying to do that with like the Digimon series and like Uh going back to it. You know, when I was a kid, I loved it. And when I was in college... dialogue so bad I had like a crazy (laughs) high fever. So I was like, yeah, let's watch every Digimon. And I did. (laughs) Except for like season two and five, six, Mm -hmm. five. Um, and so recently I was like, hey, let's go watch some of this. It was so bad. I was just like, well, all right, childhood ruined. <laughs> let's go back to <laughs> let's go back to quality content. I mean, video games. I, I tried going. I, I, I love Jackie Chan adventures when I was younger. So I yeah, want to go back and man. watch it. I literally couldn't stand a single episode of Jade's voice. Like as I an adult, I, I can't remember to speak. I hate it. <laughs> I any any character with that kind of like, um. That like it's so high pitched and so loud and so shrill and so Scrappy like dude. over uh. so yeah. overdone like it's too much I just can't <laughs> it's just like a it's just like it's like when it, when I uh, when I tried watching Goonies for the first time as a grown adult yep. having oh, never yeah. seen it ever before oh, I'm like this on. is I'm like this is a headache movie ah everyone's <laughs> oh, just screaming come on. that movie Ugh. every scene of that movie is seven people screaming over each other simultaneously I'm like I can't I can't. <laughs> This is like daycare center of the movie. <laughs> I, uh, I'm Shell? pretty sure it scared me when I was little for a reason, and I'm pretty sure if I watched it again, I'd be just as mortified by it. But uh, the the troll in Central Park. What the hell uh, is that? It, it was an old animated movie, and huh. uh, it may have even been made by the same people that did the Page Master, among other things. It sounds like something it, that would have been animated by the people that did Secrets of Nim or something. I don't know. Don but Bluth. The, yeah, these, Don Bluth. I think it starts off live action, and there's this like kid, and he doesn't like the fact that he's taking care of his little sister. Yeah, he did American Tale, sister, Dogs Go to Heaven, who, Anastasia, Titan A.E., all that stuff. 
Mm-hmm. It, it's yeah, it sort of may have even been one of them. I forget, but yep, obviously not. Him found it. N- not Disney. Yep. Oh, but you found a troll in Central Park. Yeah, that, those are all movies directed by the same person. Like those are oh. all the same guy. Oh, the same guy. Okay. Yeah. All those and, like uh, '80s ca- are cartoons that everyone kind of is familiar with, but weren't Disney. Or pretty yeah. much him. <laughs> all dogs go to heaven. Rock a doodle. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that it was just. It was just creepy. The kid, I mean, the main character, like, he has his, like, growing up moments where he realizes he needs to take responsibility for his younger sister and not hold it against her that I I think she may be, like, the mom's new husband's kid or they've had another kid after his father had died or I don't know, you know, family drama. And there's this whole subplot with a bunch of trolls, and they are freaky, and they want to kidnap the little sister, and there's this witch, and I don't know what her intention was. Maybe she thought that she could, like, make herself look young again by stealing their life essences and whatever, and, you know, it's just, ugh. Ugh. Whole thing. Uh, A lot of of late 80s and early 90s mm -hmm. films are like that, though. I don't really have an answer. I sort of do, but it's it, it's within the spirit of the question, but I don't think it quite answers it the way that they were getting at. Um, for me, uh, it's actually a instructional series that I was watching when I first started learning how to program. Mm. Um, that was uh, by a Redditor named uh, Carl H., and he had a whole subreddit of these actually extremely well put together programming tutorials. And he did it for, I like, I watched it for like a month. Then all of a sudden they stopped because he got arrested for like oh. possession of um, child pornography. Oh. And I was just like, I randomly happened upon one of those videos again because I was looking up a specific topic. And I saw it. So the, and it this just this felt is like surreal, so like stumbling upon the Cosby Show Ooh. today. Oh yeah. yeah, it felt really, really weird seeing that old video, and just like I couldn't get it out of my head. Just like knowing what was like behind, like a really friendly presence. You know, if you look at what he did, it was extraordinarily heinous. Um, Wouldn't that be like going back and being like, oh yeah, that particular red ranger was the guy that you know murdered that couple on their boat in california and it's just like yeah what? stuff like I f- that like, oh right yeah they eventually, had a, they eventually had a power ranger that turned out to be a murderer yeah yep. and that wasn't a that wasn't a b plot <laughs> less uh less drastically going back to early game grumps now that aaron and danny have kind of gotten their thing completely oh, together yeah. is really really uncomfortable because the agree. audio quality sucks the commentary is like they have really funny moments and then the rest of that rest of it is mostly boring so yeah, goof troop that i think that one's like angels. you'll have well goof troop was uh was john uh yeah but yeah well, it's funny I, I when, mean, you see, like, when you see montages to... where it's like every time aaron mispronounces this word over the course of like five thousand videos and you'll just hear the audio quality change dramatically in every single <laughs> clip because of how many different microphones and years they've gone through over the course of the show well mm-hmm. i i mean very specifically uh going back to like the jontron days and how like surprisingly choppy that was and not remembering that in the slightest oh yeah yeah, they uploaded an entire episode once where they they opened up uh, Naughty Bear, the game, 
and couldn't figure out how to perform the first action of the entire game yep. and just walked around complaining about the game for an entire 10 minutes and then uploaded it for some reason. Yep. <laughs> and then the next episode, they finally found, oh, you click on that. I'm like, why was... You're allowed to edit. You know that, right? <laughs> like, they seem to not... They have, like, a weird rule where that, like, as if they don't I think, think that might have been... It's weird. That could have possibly been pre-Berry. It's so weird sometimes. Yeah. I always wonder what's going uh, on with in the background with some channels, like especially ones that hire mm -hmm. editors. This is mm -hmm. tangent, of course, but like I watched, uh, what is it? Uh, Resident Evil Seven by uh, being played by Best Friends Play, and at one point they were like, "All right, edit this part out," because they died and had to go way back through a whole thing, and so they went back and they're uh. all they're all quiet because they're not doing commentary because they're all gonna get edited out. But I'm saying this because I was watching it because it was in the video. <laughs> they forgot to edit it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have an editor. I'm like, what are they? What's? But don't they have a full time editor? Don't they watch? I don't understand. One thing about um, talking about like the automation thing that I have set up now is that uh, I know that when the recording button is on, I have to. Yeah, like it. It actually made my content <laughs> tremendously better because I knew that I had to be on. Because none of it's editing when, out. On par. Yeah. yeah. Go I couldn't yeah. rely on edit any editing. So, <laughs> like, I, I, I've worked out, like, this really, like, a completely different system. And uh, it's, like I, like I said, the, uh, I anticipated that that was going to be an effect, that it would improve the quality of what I'm making. Um, because I have to make that to, like, get my shit to work correctly so. have you found yourself making any game grump style cuts where you're like wow i'm really stuck here and don't know what to do next uh next episode i'll know what i'm doing haha <laughs> um i do yeah that. well i mean i definitely haven't had that yet i've been playing rhyme and uh boy let me tell you some scary moments in that when you're just like <laughs> i need to figure out this puzzle <laughs> it's been five minutes <laughs> yeah but, you see, uh, I keep freaking uh, out, and Carl keeps plowing through the it. Thing is, that's, yeah. that's one of the reasons I refuse to stream any puzzle yeah. game in particular, like even by oh. streaming, is because like I never want to feel time pressure when I get stuck ever. It's, why it's I, okay because you kind of, uh, if you understand that like you're under that gun, like I, I've found that I'm still I'm able to work my way out of it by thinking outside of the box and like just trying really weird things. The best part uh, is when he realizes he needs to pee about five minutes into the episode, so his like voice slowly gets higher and higher <laughs> in pitch towards the end, and he's like, "Okay, we got like ten minutes left. Let's just keep plowing through." And I'm like, "I mean, I could, I could just kind of cover for you and do dumb shit." No, 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 no. I got this. Well, we got. I'm just like, Korea okay. was a lot of fun because it was yeah. like, "Oh shit, I for, I cut and forgot to pee between the cuts. Oh god, what do I do?" <laughs> No, that, that's true. Um, I would love to talk more about that process as I get more practiced yeah. in we'll, it. We'll do that next we'll week once we have time. some more data. Uh, do we got... We have more questions. I don't even remember what the question is. Next one. Oh, it was about <laughs> just shows that are weird yeah. going back it. and watching them. Yeah. Uh, Max Damage asks, what is... Hang on, I have to live edit this to figure out what... It... I need to fix the sentence. What is your favorite class out of any j game ever? And what game <gasps> would you like to play them in? Class? Oh, RPG a classes. Class, like gotcha. a, yeah. I guess, I think. A profession, a class, yeah. I did swap mm. out a few operative words that made the sentence not a sentence. <laughs> yeah. Huh, I, I mean, really as, thought about cheesy, that. as cheesy as it sounds, old, like, Burning Crusade era paladins, I think, were great. Uh -huh. You just plonk yourself in the middle of a large group and just wail on them until they're all dead. 
They're way more fun now, but there is just something classic about that. <laughs> hmm. I don't know if I have a answer I can readily come to because it's kind like, of hard, for yeah. me the the class is always so tied to the to the setting. Like what do I say? Like I want to be a Jedi Knight. Like it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't it's weird because like, the entire basis load. of a class working well in a game is how it works with that game's systems and so on. So the idea of playing them yeah. in a but, different game is kind of like defying game design in a weird way. At the same time, yeah. there are aesthetics to a particular class that are sort of analogous to other ones like druids across games mm -hmm. might have different abilities like only some of them actually truly shapeshift whereas other ones are just nature magic users you know mm -hmm. that kind of thing so yeah there are those i thought i think one of the more unique ones that i had ever come across were um, mesmers and that what was because those from? Uh, guild wars. Wars. Or yeah guild and wars. they do have them in guild wars they have them in guild wars too as well Okay. But um, uh, just because, I mean, because you have your elementalists and your necromancers mm -hmm. and your rangers and warriors and assassins and, you know, a lot of, like, the typical tropes that you have in games, but they were more of, like, an illusionist uh, support condition damage uh, thing. And lately they've also, like, acquired some aspects of, like, duelists and the ability to create portals and slow time Mm -hmm. And weird stuff like that. And they're purple. Everything's purple. Ah! So, <laughs> of course, I have to love it. <laughs> in Guild Wars 1, you can take two classes and mix them together. So, I had a oh, class that was that. just designed to infuriate people in PvP. Because I, yeah. I took every single interrupt skill as the Mesmer that would all oh, just God. constantly stop your the, opponent's actions from they happening. They were so frustrating. You could, you could stop a warrior mid-attack and they'd like yeah. kind of blop back on their... Their Me butts. Mesmers like, had anti-everything moves, where there was they had a specific <laughs> counter for every type of move in the game, basically, and that would be mm -hmm. every single thing along my entire bar except one, which was a spiritualist skill where you'd hold ashes. And oh, the when ritualist. I, when I was yeah. defeated, I would drop the ashes, and they would I, AOE revive me and everyone around me. <laughs> and that was my only spiritualist <laughs> skill. So my entire bar was like damaging interrupts that just frustrate my opponents, and then the moment they think I'm dead, I just get back up again. <laughs> I guess really yeah, for I, me, I love that mix in classes, and it's too bad they don't do that anymore. It's difficult to design. It's really difficult we to design. We can always go back and play Guild Wars One. Yeah, <laughs> Guild Wars there. One. Server still running? Guild, I yeah. assume so. Yeah. Guild wow. Wars One pretty much plays like a campaign. Yeah, if you just want to do even multiple an MMO. players, it's, it's a multiplayer RPG. It does oh, the Diablo Two thing. Gotcha. Yeah, so, yeah, it's only so like, like a four-player co thing that also has a PvP mode. That was more or less the point. <laughs> In all seriousness, I would actually be down for doing a run-through of that game before they shut down the servers just to get it on footage. Yeah. Because it's pretty yeah. I don't know if it's they will, short. I mean, given Guild Generally, Wars yeah. 2. I mean, Guild Wars 2 added a lot more, like, personal story plot and whatnot, and obviously action yeah. combat, but the old ones... Well, the old one really actually nice had campaigns. a story. Yeah. That's the, that's the main Guild draw. Guild Wars 2 could be hard Which to record. Which Guild Wars the most because... powerful? <laughs> I, don't remember the, I don't even remember the guilds. If that there was a thing, guild guilds were a player thing. Yeah, like in, in Guild Wars Two, it'd be a lot harder to record because it would have the old Republic problem, where every time we'd get, get back from doing quests, we all go off to do our individual cutscenes. Yeah, I think Guild Wars One was the first MMO that I played with Carl back in college, and I had started off with a ranger monk. 
just monk to heal, but mm -hmm. ranger, I just love the idea of having a pet with me. Uh, and then, so of course, I have, later. I have an answer that I think is within the spirit. It's about as best the answer I could think of. Um, I liked playing as a assassin in Oblivion. It's not really a class, but I liked playing that character and going through that plot line. Um, mm. I, I don't know. I haven't really played a whole lot of games that have you do like a lot of sneaking and killing. Like I, I, need, to, <laughs> uh, I need to get my so hands on okay. Dishonored and stuff like that. Yeah, go play game both Dishonored games and both Deus Ex games that came out recently. I yeah. know you're not uh, big on the Fallout games, but you should really give the uh, the Frost mod in Fallout a go. Because that's what I was doing, and it was I'm, I big glorious. on the Fallout games. I played Fallout one, two, three, you've never, and New you've Vegas. Never, you've never seemed at all interested in Fallout four for probably good reason. But I playing, played about an hour of Fallout four and wrote it off. But uh, playing playing through Frost was amazing because everything was creepy and like was rebalanced weird. and more interesting. <laughs> Um, cause instead of having like your standard plot, they just throw all that stuff out of the window and you learned everything via books. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're like trying to hunt down some guy. And honestly, I don't need, I, I think the plot just drops off. Like it drops you off in Far Harbor. So it's not complete yet. Mm -hmm. Um, but halfway through, so the game, uh, so Frost had a, uh, a, a means of like tracking your sanity. And if you went too insane, your character would just snap and lose it. And, um, that gave you a bunch of like, pluses and minuses you really couldn't shoot guns anymore i guess but you were mm -hmm. like a perfect like sneaky stabby murder guy throw mm -hmm. that on with blitz which i think has been in every fallout game right maybe effectively mm -hmm. if you try and vats so. attack somebody within a certain range you just charge at them and hit them and if you're sneaking it combines with the sneak attack so i was effectively the telestabber with the <laughs> sledgehammer it was amazing that was really fun. Anyway, uh, yeah. anything else? So I like I like being a sneaky rogue assassin. That's uh, <laughs> that's what I would be. Okay, I just so like we having have... a bag of tricks, and anything that yeah. lets me have that's a bag why of you're tricks playing as a lot of fun. Druid, yeah, I play as a druid in a lot of our D and D campaigns and things like that. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, dude, I've bags been of like tricks a, are great. I've been a I've been a Shadowrun fixer, I think, and uh, I like. Like in in Neo, when I realized that I could have like five hundred different like bombs and weird little tricks and ability and like little just an inventory weird full of things I could just throw at people that would make weird things happen, that quickly became my focus because I'm like, oh, this is fun. Oh, mm. It's like engineers. I'm gonna and skip other to the most recent games. question because I, it amuses me. Uh, Ian Hazelton asks, "How did you become a DM?" And I just want to say, what you gotta do is you gotta study really hard throughout of all of DM high school. So you go to four <laughs> years of DM college to get your DM <laughs> certification. Then you gotta build a lot of connections and go to DM job fairs so that you can you just you, you buy. All right, you we, buy get, the, we get it. You Water, buy the book. Answer. You just okay. buy the books, and then you get so, passionate about wanting to be a DM and knowledgeable, and then also have friends that want to play it. <laughs> Yeah, also be really the, good at improvisation and storytelling. Yeah. And... Um. So I got into D and D in second grade. Um, because my friend had had I think a book or maybe like a leaflet with the rules, and they were like fighting a bugbear, and it was like this cool thing, and they wouldn't let me play. So my brother and I went home and tried to make up the rules, but we couldn't figure it out. My dad just comes out of nowhere with like four D and D books, and he's just books. like, "Here you go." have fun and since my brother was in first grade and could barely read and i was in second grade and could read i was 
by, I guess... You're the translator. Yeah, process of elimination slash being the only person capable of doing so. I was the DM for quite a long time, uh, except for occasionally with, like, one other friend DMing. Um, Did your dad play with you, though? Yeah, my dad would play with us, but he would... My dad is the embodiment of fellow kids when he tries to play with my brother and I, <laughs> even, like, to this day. So, like, mm-hmm. we were playing Chameleon Twist, and he would, like, start introducing Chameleon Twist enemies to, like, appeal to my brother and I. And I'm like, no, like, I'm here to do fantasy adventure stuff, and you're introducing, like, really dumb, not even dad jokes, just bad jokes. And I want to go, like, fight dragons and shit. And he never quite understood that. So I just kept DMing until my brother was... Uh, had enough of a personality that he could handle it. So it's like and then my brother started doing it. More took often. an action figure from you and pretended, "Oh, this is Barney." Hello. Yeah. And like, no, oh, that's my action. Your brother's younger than you, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. That's a really he, interesting experience is having a younger brother and watching the moments where, like, where you realize like they still need to develop their personality until well, they become the humanness. The interesting thing about my brother is because we moved around a lot. He never really got the chance to, like, develop as a strong personality until we were in Massachusetts. So it wasn't until eighth grade, really. Before then, he usually had more alpha friends and usually was kind of more of a timid, quiet, you know, bookish kid. Um, And so, like, kids would bully him and I would go beat them up and stuff like that. But then you got bullied a lot, too. Well, yeah, I get bullied a lot, too. But that's kind of what happens when odd man out. But that's not the point. Um, but so his friends all abandoned him in eighth grade and his personality effectively was just like, well, I guess I'm on my own now. Guess I should actually, uh, express myself. And so my brother goes from this kind of timid, quiet kid to, uh, just about as boisterous as I am. And, uh, and it was very weird to be next to, uh, for those years. Cause it's just like, oh, hi, you're a different person. I think he's more contemplative than you are. Oh yeah, I mean, obviously though. there are differences, but uh, he was mm-hmm. he was the quiet kid for the longest time. Anyway, uh, but yeah, so how did I become a DM? Because I thought it would be really funny, and I'm willing to put in the effort. Um, primary two requirements of being a DM: time <laughs> and improv. Yeah, yeah. got to work on the dialogue, but everything else is go. okay. Yeah, because I uh, my first ever DM, not DM, D and D experience was in the back room of some, uh, of some. Uh, I was like, playing back alley Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> it was in, like the, one of those like back rooms of a game shop areas where they just have a yeah, room yeah. with tables and crap. And hey, my, all the my friend, go brought, on an my friend brought me there, and he was going to be the DM. And there was a bunch of other people there that I don't, I don't. It was so long ago, I don't know if they were people that were joining. Because they were just randoms, or they were his friends, or something. But I just, I, I just knew that I didn't know him. Uh, immediately, his intricately planned campaign was falling apart because people weren't doing exactly what he had planned them to do. Right. Oh, so he was a bad DM. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because people think that the, the being a DM, they they try to do DMing like uh, it's like a fantasy a book, story. or it's like a video game where like this is yeah. the series of they levels you. you will play. Period. Like mm-hmm. it's like it's Diablo. And you oftentimes yeah. you have to deal with the idea that like your players will just do other things, like maybe throw a tree token that collapses an entire cliff and kills a boss. Instantaneously I, I mean, I will that... admit, I am, <laughs> I am definitely uh, making it kind of video gamey. I'm trying to railroad you guys into specific locations, with giant mainly if only because barriers. 
Yeah, well, part of it is, like, I really want to draw every map custom, and I can't, like, design the whole city ahead of time. So if uh, if I let you guys have too much free reign, uh, what happened last night where you guys went off map, and I'm like, uh, uh, uh shit, let uh, me just draw uh, this on. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I, that will really never change. We but just you... walked down stairs. I well, we literally walked off somewhere. map and that he didn't have a map down there. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> no, the point. True. Yeah. Yeah, and why none of you guys will learn the fly spell. Well, you're in <laughs> Wait until I learn certain shape-shifting forms. It's okay. Wait until I wish myself a, a deck of many things. Drew, Drew has learned to fly pretty fast, if I remember correctly. Although yeah. it's different, uh, well, different D&D, so I guess. Actually, you can fly already. You have not looked at Wild Shape, but you could totally turn into a small bird. Oh. Yeah, I, I, thought, I, could only learn into, I thought I could only learn into, turn into uh, land mammals so far. Oh, maybe? We'll have to look at it. I thought you could turn it into a bird. I think I remember, if I remember correctly, well, like, the way it worked in 3.5, I think, is that you first unlocked land mammals, then you unlocked, like, flying animals, then you unlocked, like, elemental-type creatures, like, like treant-type mm -hmm. weird shit, and then it was like, now you get dire land mammals, and that's when you, you get, like, the prestiged versions of the other ones, basically, where you get dire bear and dire wolf and things like that. Mm. But uh, I was also playing a custom one... Where I was the custom shapeshifter, so I don't even know if I know the real rules of that one necessarily, because I was question. changing. Next question. Next question. Uh, so this one's in a response to another question that's long lost to time, so I don't even know. So I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna rip all the context out and rephrase the entire question until it works for our purposes. Uh, okay. So Clixian Gaming kind of, sort of, almost asks about our favorite dragon moment in a game. Favorite dragon moment? Oh man, Dark Souls Dra two. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of dark, dark. Over the over the course of four games called Souls, there's a lot of dragon moments that can be used. Uh, fighting the ancient was it the ancient dragon, the optional dragon boss in in Dark that Souls. That was very 2. fun. Yeah, watching Bird just getting completely ruined repeatedly from afar was very enjoyable that one was infuriating because in, especially in the first version of the game back in dark souls 2 original like every attack just one shot you like it was oh, yeah. insane yeah. and i tried sin. summoning two people and they both got hit by the fire at the beginning i'm like what mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like now he's just got like a triple the health bar and i have no help anyway <laughs> bird, bird and i had like weird rituals to beat that boss it was dumb <laughs> yeah Oh, man, yeah. Any of the dragon moments in Dark Souls 2, you really can't go wrong. They were great. <laughs> also, Keith, you're right. You don't get to fly until level 8. Anyway. Okay. I think I think my favorite uh, dragon moment might have been in Dark Souls 3's DLC when Meteor starts blasting a f the regular fire blast you're used to all this time, and then it just levels up mid-fire breath into being a Godzilla laser. <laughs> Yeah, that's there's a pretty no great prepping moment. for that, mm -hmm. and then he even goes into laser tantrums where he's just rapidly swinging his head around like you would if you had a laser, and it's like this is too mm -hmm. much laser. There's <laughs> so much laser right now, and it moves fast because it's a laser. <laughs> that was just such a what the fuck moment, and it's it's perfect because it's because it, it it's not just a surprise that. It's, like it's funny in the moment the first time but also it's just badass like it, it's not like mm -hmm. just a joke that looks dumb or stupid like it looks ridiculously awesome Jill you got a dragon story oh you mean like my favorite dragon in a video game or dragon yeah. in anything 
Dragon Inn in anything. Um. Well, I remember one of my favorite movies growing up was uh, Dragonheart. I mean, Sean Connery is a dragon. Ah. <laughs> Swoon. Nah, I'm kidding. But yeah, I absolutely loved uh, Draco the Dragon and became obsessed with finding uh, the constellation Draco in the sky because of that movie. Hmm. I'm like, that's that's his star up there in the sky. Sniffle. <laughs> also, probably like one of the first movies that ever really made me cry. Oh, I have never even heard of the movie, so. Oh, you've never seen. Well, the, the odd thing is they've Let's been they've been making more sequels and they change the dragon's uh, voice actor mm. each time. And it's a new dragon, admittedly. Um, but I think so Patrick Stewart's the sense. next one. It's like Dragonheart, the like the fourth movie. And it's like, ah, <laughs> oh, for goodness sake, because like the premise of the first one is young prince nearly dies. But it is said that if mm. a dragon is willing to give part of its heart to them, that it will save their life. But they're bound together indefinitely and the human becomes practically immortal unless the dragon's killed and then that's like part of the whole plot because the prince ends up being very it's, cruel and evil it's to his really people strangely and... comparable to dragon's dogma actually dragon's huh. dogma really yeah dragon's huh. dogma at the beginning you fight a super monster crazy dragon and it pierces your heart and like gives you a like a, some sort of weird dragon heart and you're kind of tied to each other and it, give, it gives you immortality and stuff like that like it's it's really? a bizarre connection Huh, but also, it's got does hilarious it become your friend and sing CGI you songs? In. No, because it doesn't. Because <laughs> Draco could sing. <laughs> the Dragonheart's funny because it's got some hilarious 90s CG. Like the but, entire but dragon was... look, looked so real 20 it's years amazing. ago. And now, amazing for now its it time. looks hilarious. Oh, no, no. They, like, they still that, did a good job It's got that old them. CG problem where all the colors look wrong. Like all the yeah. colors look like they were rendered in a different color space or something like that. Mm. I'm gonna have to go back and watch that because I thought it. I thought that they had used the same animation that they had used in Jurassic Park at the time, which Jurassic, is why. Well, Jurassic Park monsters were always really far away when they were. And CG. it was dark and rainy. But yeah, so, whenever, whenever they were CG, they were usually yeah. really far away, like the uh, like the the brontosaurus and stuff like that. Whereas like, uh, Dragonheart reminded me when I went back and watched the first Resident Evil movie again, and I saw the liquor for the first time again. I'm like, wow, the liquor looks purple, pink. Like he looks like he's, <laughs> he looks like he's glowing somehow. Like he's not in the right lighting. Like he doesn't match his surroundings, and that's how I, a lot of '90s CG looks. Thinking back, the contrast they probably I mean, I'm looking could at have screenshots of right now, and he's easily lower quality than modern video games. And I don't even mean cutscene graphics. I mean like the models you use in video games look better now than than. There are some Draco. stills that were really amazing, though. Like the one where he's standing next to. Um, well, the stills look Dennis good because Quaid's they're character. real. It's a model. What? No, they didn't use models for... Yeah. For, like, when right, he, right, right, right. I guarantee you that the movie had also questions. a live-size action sorry. In any case, I love Dragonheart. You should go back and watch that. It's probably going to be really obvious when they switch back and forth between models and CG. I just... Uh, I'm trying to keep this on, yeah, on point. On track. That's all. Next question. How are we doing uh, on questions, actually? Probably won't have a question for to this. Them all? I probably won't have an answer for this one, but Gavin Moretter yeah. asks, "What's the best mod for any game you've ever used?" I don't best really use mods. Mod. Wow, that's a hard one. For me, it'd be something um, boring. Like I used a mod that made the game run at 1080/60 because it used to run at 320. <laughs> the only games that I had ever personally modded uh, uh, were uh, the old. Um, it was Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, and mm -hmm. Knights of the Old Republic. 
because I always, I loved replaying those games, but I never liked the fact that in Knights of the Old Republic, you had to be human. My favorite mm-hmm. Star Wars species is always the Twi'lek. So it's like, okay, you know, I'll find a mod that people, there were whole communities of people making new skins for the game and you could mm-hmm. download them and uh, essentially just add new characters that you could play. And I remember once in Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, I could be General Grievous running around with four lightsabers. Huh. You know, fun stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh. Just accessing new characters and new races somewhat. Like, no one would acknowledge that you were different, but it was just cool seeing them in the cutscenes, like, Chewbacca, mm-hmm. like, hugging General Grievous. It's like, nah, that should <laughs> never happen. Never. Okay. Uh, <laughs> for me, I have two answers, because I can't decide which one I like more. Uh, one is Gary's mod. Um... Even before it became a standalone thing, uh, I'm gonna have to. I'm great. gonna have to say Gary's mod's disqualified because that's literally like magic. You can't. Oh come on! Magic that's is what not makes a it mod. Great is that it is magic. I know. <laughs> All right. So if we're not if we're not gonna count that, I'm gonna say a Half Life Synergy because I've always God. It's so fun to take a single player game and, and make it multiplayer, it yeah, into mm. multiplayer and just see how broken the game comes as a result. Uh, which Keith can attest to having played System Shock multiplayer. No, I've <laughs> That's never built played in, it. Though you don't even need to mod it. I've never played a System Shock multiplayer. We played System Shock Two multiplayer, wasn't it you, Keith? We no, we we tried. Yeah, you, Remember me, Bird? Wander, and Andrew got as far as the lobby yeah. of like six different games we tried to and play multiplayer didn't that day. we have day. a podcast where you talked about System Shock 2 multiplayer? I've talked about System Shock 2 and the fact that it has multiplayer, and then you yeah. went we on about how it? incredibly broken no, it was. No, we, we want to. You told us oh, how broken it man. was. Yeah, we still need to have that experience because <laughs> mm-hmm. playing a single player game yeah. multiplayer is so. And I was kind of recommending that maybe Wander go ahead and play the game on his own first before he ruins it. <laughs> nah, I'm fine with nah, ruining it. That, I that I just don't have time. Also, I played yeah. I've played Bioshock and Prey. I think I kind of get it. Yeah, no, it's a uh, it's it's pretty cool. Um, just how badly it breaks the game. And uh, it's super fun to do at least once. The game kind of falls apart by the end anyway, even if you're playing single player. Uh, well, that's true. Is that is that everyone, I think? Nope. Uh, I don't really okay, have an answer. So I do. I have two. Um, okay. I have one because I forgot my other answer. Well, that's okay. <laughs> um, I, so I, I had two in my yes, mind and then just listening to you guys, I don't know, it's gone. Anyway, um, Notepad, so open it. <laughs> Fallout, uh, seeing as I've Frost. started playing that again. No, Frost Frost has, has its potential, but no. Huh. There's a mod, it's broken now, which sucks. It was called Endless Warfare, which effectively cranks oh, yeah. the spawn rates of everything up to 11 made them respawn in greater numbers depending on how many you killed so if you sat around in an area killing like ghouls like 50 would spawn just off camera while you're like fighting so effectively you have to keep moving and running and like being really afraid of the environment because shit's gonna kill you but my favorite part about it is there literally was just a setting in it called um zombie apocalypse which did just that it made all of the uh zombies into kind of romero zombies like a little bit slower Mm -hmm. um and could only die from like a headshot and stuff like that and then made it so the entire like 
the entirety of Fallout 4 was just covered in zombies. So there's like one specific foggy night where I like come out of my base, take a right turn, and there's just a Left 4 Dead style zombie horde. <laughs> and they all just kind of turn and start like coming after me. I'm like, well, I'm gone. And I just That's sprint into the wilderness. It was great. Yeah. And Keith, you're not going to submit an answer? I don't really... I mean, like, I played custom matches in Warcraft 3 that used outside assets that would that technically counts. be modding, I guess. But, like, I played a lot of I, power I defense custom games and MOBA variants and count. so on and so forth. Like, I used to lose a lot of time to custom matches in Warcraft 3. I've never played oh, through the yeah. campaign or ever played matchmaking, but I played the, the custom matches. Uh, I would love it if somebody made, like, a mod or something where you could play through the campaigns of like old blizzard rts's co-op i would do that oh, yeah you can that never do really that fun. could you no nope. i had the experience of playing uh local split screen in starcraft one on yeah, the nintendo 64 you needed a expansion pack that doubled your ram in order to do it <laughs> mm-hmm. yep it was right up there with perfect dark and donkey kong as being the only games that actually use that <laughs> yeah we had to get that for donkey kong 64 it came with it that specifically like if you try to, if you bought that game, it would, it would that was like on the printed on the box of the like the box art was that it would come with that because that was the big. I think we had gotten ours used, so yeah. that's why we had to buy mm-hmm. it separate. Right, Max Damage asks, "What's a good book to read between classes? Easy to read and understand. I want to hear all your answers." Oh, we've never talked about our book preferences, have we? An easy book that's to read interesting. between classes. Yeah, like this is filtered though. It's not just what's your favorite book. Like this is like what's like. Almost sounds yeah, like what's yeah. what, like but recommend still, recommend trash novels kind of like what's I guess if, talk put down thing? if you want quick trash novels, there's a website called royalroadl.com that has a bunch of free amateur novels that people write. A lot of them don't even get finished, but the chapters are usually only about like four to six pages long. You could get that done in, you know, 10 minutes or less. And they're usually written by amateurs, so they're really easy to read. Oh, Not this great. website looks downright adorable. Yeah, it's great. Uh, <laughs> whenever I actually have something worth reading, I might throw it up on there, uh, yeah. just because. But uh, so that's that stuff's digestible. Um, but the other one I would say is Ready Player One, which is amazing and ah. generally pretty easy to understand if you're, you know, into video gaming and stuff like that. Uh, actually, somebody in my chat immediately says Ready Player One. Yeah. It's amazing. Their favorite book. They're coming yep. out with a movie for it. I hope yeah. it's not shit. Yeah, I, mean, I still need to read that. Reasonable. I never had. I mean, if you want understand easily understood, like put pick up and put down books, like a lot of it's like young adult uh, young adult novels are really easy. Mm-hmm. They're relatively digestible stories. You don't you're not usually spinning spinning that many plates for the story to figure out what's going on and stuff. So you can come and go as you please, unlike like Game of Thrones or something. So like right. It's reasonable to just burn through like the Hunger Games series or like John Green's books or something. Mm-hmm. Like uh, John Green's books are just enjoyable to read, even though they're all, every single one of them is about oh, some manic pixie dream girl shows up and changes someone's life, but then they disappear. <laughs> like it's the exact I, pattern yeah. repeating over and over again. But there's he's got such a specific way of phrasing things and like ways of looking at the world. I'm like oh shit, I liked that thing I just read, even if it's mm-hmm. in the middle of this story. Like we- I almost feel like we missed out in a way because for some reason, looking back on my childhood, I don't remember there being an interim between the Scholastic Children's Chapter books and full-fledged novels. Uh, when I was a child, I, I was reading the Jedi Apprentice series. 
which is oh, probably, yeah. which probably counts as a young adult. Queen as a market basically emerged and exploded into popularity With as Harry soon Potter. as we left it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to say probably that because, um, I mean, I was reading things like Nancy Drew when I was a child, and I think that yeah. that was more sophisticated than children's book. But haven't they eventually sort know. of been shunted into like children's books? Or they're still considered full-fledged novels really or mini-novels? Or I don't know. I should probably um, look into there's this has probably been like actually studied at this point. Like somebody probably sat down and wrote papers on like young adult from a sociological perspective. That would probably be right, worth looking into. I, I, I mean we all I, we, we all we definitely had all had Harry Potter. Yeah. Which is exactly that type of book series. And this I only read the first with our actually, age. one in the fourth. One <laughs> other book series that is super easy to digest and worth reading, any Discworld book is amazing. Uh-huh. Oh, another thing too is I don't. I, it might be hard for us to go back to something like it, but I loved Redwall, and I know that you loved Redwall. But I just don't know how going back to that. Like, what do you think's the age range for that particular series? Redwall. Yeah. Young. Oh, I guess uh, the, the YA genre started in like the seventies and the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. I, Harry I mean, of it my brother was reading things. a series of yeah. books about like cats called Warriors. That was sick. Oh, that yeah, was all Warriors. coming out while he was uh, growing up. Yeah, but I never read that. It, I think I just yeah, skipped like, from I, the children's I, chapter books to uh, to novels. Yeah, I'm, I'm just much. saying like the the missed out thing isn't because the books weren't there. It just you just maybe never encountered them. Maybe. Yeah, like, maybe just between us. It's like a pretty popular genre or Aragon series. Were, I, yeah. So the reason why it started in the 70s but didn't really get popular is because publishers didn't care for it. They didn't uh, oh, think of kids. They didn't think of that. young adults as a viable um, age range. Um, mm-hmm. I So I was reading young adult kids don't like books, books prior, like, as yeah. Harry Potter was coming out, and I was starved for them because there weren't that many good ones. Harry Potter and a couple other choice ones mm-hmm. were kind of what actually made publishers realize, hey, teenagers read books and yeah. will gladly do so if we don't give them shit. And so, <laughs> well, more like tweens, because mm-hmm. as a teenager, I just started reading adult novels. So long as they aren't like the adult hardcore novels. I'm talking about like, Ooh. yeah, no, not that. Not adult the stuff hardcore. No, that's the thing. Why? Unfortunately, when you try to say like adult fiction, you don't want to say adult fiction as in the adult fiction. It's like what do you call it? <laughs> well, just, I mean, I just fiction? fiction, just science. Fiction, yeah, I tried. Yeah, I tried for re- reading my population. Yeah, I tried reading my dad's fiction stuff when I was young, and it was just so rough. And sci-fi specifically really likes to put like weird sexual things in. So yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah. There was one where this lady was turning into an alien, but, like, <laughs> effectively a Zerg queen. So the very end of it was, like, just discussing her, just, like, spitting out offspring. And I'm like, the f- no. People, of course, are bringing up Fifty Shades of Grey. I would never read that. I, mm-hmm. For me, uh, graphic content like that ruins a book, and it ruins yeah. my respect for the characters. Well, I will fit. actually shut the book on. I'll just be like, nope, nope, don't want don't to go through with that. I can my understand. My characters can't have sex. <laughs> well, one thing that Shell's I reading a book is- like Prudence Chastity uh, <laughs> merged from her nunnery. 
Well, okay. So in my experience when reading books, if it starts off with a character doing something like that, it's, oh, look at this guy. He's so macho. He gets the ladies. Woohoo. And it's like, no, I I do not like that guy. Um, Or it's villain, like. Coming on to the female protagonist, like I mean, a lot I'm of going a lot of young adult novels you. are all like, "Hey kids, like, you ever heard about hormones?" <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, you're about like, to find out. It's just like, no, I don't, I don't like you guys either. And the only mm-hmm. type of romance that I can possibly stomach is the kind where, like, the characters are adventurers and they've been slaying, you know, evil creatures and saving the kingdom, mm-hmm. and at the very end, they finally realize they're in dying love for each other. Like that kind of Aww. thing. But it's, it has to be like, they have to be very good friends and comrades first before like anything happens They had to grow through the experience. Pretty much. Pretty much. And then if you want, and, if you want pure junk food, you've got Dan Brown books. What, what's that? <laughs> like, you literally like finish Aww. reading them and forget that you read them. But And the chapters are so short <laughs> that like by the end of the book, you're in like chapter 180. <laughs> but man, if they're not the most ridiculous page turners sometimes. I read like um, four or five of them, and like I don't remember them at all. <laughs> but I mean, I read we're a talking lot of Star Wars of the books. Uh, Just burn through and then books. Obviously Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. The the old Alien versus Predator books I actually really liked. Oh yeah, the, the Star Wars Rogue Squadron books are amazing. Uh, Thrawn, Thrawn is amazing. I mm. of course read a lot of classics, so like War of the Worlds and The Invisible Man and Frankenstein and. Mm-hmm. Things of that nature. Okay, next question. Mm-hmm. I didn't answer. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't shit on read Bird. fiction. Uh, the only books I read are nonfiction, so I don't really have an answer. But uh... oh. <laughs> okay. So there you go. <laughs> I mean, uh, they, he I didn't, will... they didn't say fiction. That's true. So actually, for... they might have said novel, which might have meant fiction. I don't know. Maybe. I lost the question already. <laughs> For me, um, usually what I read between, like, if I'm just, like, on a bus or something like that, is I'll read, uh, like, mathematics textbooks. Um, well, you're, you're like, on a personal quest to become the perfect modern renaissance man, so <laughs> go freaking figure. Yeah. If you, uh, right now I'm working through, um, uh, what is it called? I can't remember the title. I haven't, I've haven't read this in a couple of days and I'm like got a couple things spinning right now. Uh what is it? It's Piketty's what is it? Wealth in the 20th century. Hmm. Uh what is it called? Capitalism and Capitalism in the 21st century is uh what I'm currently reading. It's a macroeconomics book that talks about uh basically like ownership of production and how that benefits individual actors and stuff like that um it's really good and it's just a economics textbook so it's not really a textbook but it is just like a an economic book um so yeah that's that's what i read uh as far as light stuff i guess um you could read a pre-calculus textbook. I don't know. <laughs> That's kind of light. <laughs> uh, Improve yourself. Bird style. <laughs> it's always like a biography or something. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised you didn't bring up all your Forgotten Realms books. They're not easy reads. And really? they get really dense. 
They do. A lot of D&D stuff actually yeah. is pretty thick. Also, a lot of D&D stuff gets weird, like laser tits. What? What? <laughs> I was reading really? Forgotten Realms book. Please, yeah, tell me more. I actually know because we have more questions. Sorry. Yeah, it was just a... Uh, it was a, Like a demon monster it lady? It was called Spellfire, and the lady could like fire magic, like just raw magic. And her, her name, one of her name was Titty McLaserface. One one of her her like kind of bouts of uh, magic induced rage was taking off her shirt and firing magic out of her lasers. And I was just like, "Well, all right, <laughs> this is weird." As a sixth sixth grader, I'm just wondering, like, does she ever like sneeze and lasers come out or something? And like, damn, it, I need a new shirt. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> Next question. Uh, this one's convenient for me because it relates to something that happened recently for me, actually, is King with a bunch of numbers asks, uh, have you ever yeah. had a game glitch or break in a way that was fun or helpful and how that transpire? So recently I was playing Mass Effect Andromeda and I got to the end of a really confusing dungeon full of mechanics I've never seen before that, which is not a great way to handle puzzles anyway, but... I got to the enemy at the end, and it stomped me with an instant kill attack because that's Aww. what that's what elite enemies are supposed to do. <laughs> and uh -huh. they apparently, despite putting an elite enemy at the end, I guess they didn't play test it because if you die in that against that enemy, and I've I found via comments that this happens to other people, so it's like a reproducible thing. If you die mm -hmm. against this enemy, which is the whole point of putting a tough enemy, is the is the threat of dying. Uh, you mm -hmm. you you spawn in a checkpoint outside the door of the boss fight, and it's locked, and the way that you opened it in the first place is broken now because the oh. door was not supposed to be locked. It's not supposed to load back locked. It's like you literally locked permanently out of the chamber that lets you finish the dungeon. Okay. But there was this massive chasm between me and the enemy that I could see down from a different part of the dungeon. And I'm like, oh, look, this is a giant open area, but obviously you're not supposed to go that way. Uh, but previously in Andromeda, I fell off a ledge before and I fell into a piece of rock below and it like glitched out the whole respawning thing because it's the game the game does that thing where it's supposed to like catch you when you fall out of bounds and throw you back into being in bounds basically by, by uh. fading to black and fading back in when you're there uh but if you if your feet connect with something it breaks and it spawns you there instead and you have to find your own way back up because mm -mm. it's an a plus product uh so uh way across the way across this giant chasm you're clearly not supposed to be able to go across because all of it's out of bounds I found a little rock I could land on at the maximum <laughs> distance of the entirety of my dashing midair jump. And okay. I managed to just barely connect with that. And the game faded out to, to because I was out of bounds. Then faded back in with me standing right where I landed as opposed to back where I came from. And so I was able to glitch my way into the boss chamber because the door was glitched closed. <laughs> and then the huh. it was actually able to proceed uh, the way it was supposed to. So the game was oh, so wow. broken that even though it broke, I was able to break it back into being f f f two and wrongs was the made a right. was monster <laughs> no longer there? No, because... he's still there. In fact, oh. the whole time that I was locked out of the door, they were all like, there's a boss over there. And the NPCs kept reacting to his, his presence as if we're in combat, but I couldn't get to him. So, like, <laughs> I managed to break the broken game again to make it work <laughs> against its own will, basically. <laughs> it's been a trip. I think... I think there was that one time in Nefarious where we were on a tram and we hit some blocks out of the way and it slingshot us oh, yeah. all the way we across skipped, the stage. We skipped half of a level and I thought it was in, uh, intentional because we had this, this like... Nefarious. Nefarious. Oh. It was the platformer we played at the beginning of the year where uh -huh. the uh, you were playing as like a, a villain. villain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was fun. It was really good, actually. 
Um, but we had this like um kind of magic digital fairy princess that was helping us out. I was just like, oh, she helped us like, you know, just break the lift and fly across the level. But no, apparently it had unseated itself and just forgotten that it's supposed to go slowly, so it fired us to the end of the level and we skipped the entire bonus mission and the developer is like that's we're, not supposed to happen to I'm, a, I'm gonna go fix that <laughs> that was a good feeling uh so keith you would actually remember this do you remember uh, what was it talking about uh, wanderlust adventures yeah where the final boss fight yeah. just didn't do stuff it was supposed to do yeah so the final boss fight of wanderlust adventures was i mean the whole game was kind of this like weird uneven product where it's just like it was really easy and then it was like cripplingly hard and it's like make up your mind please because like i kind of want to beat this soon uh but the final boss kept like wrecking us except for the day or the, the final fight where the boss just stood there. Mm-hmm. And was it me or you, Keith, that was, like, wailing on him? I think it was you, because if I remember correctly, for, like, the entire last third of our playthrough, I would just die instantaneously in half the fights and just watch you play the game. Yeah, and I was in permanent spin mode for, like, a It was an incredibly balanced end game of high fidelity quality that definitely never glitched or had balancing problems. Yeah, so mm. ultimately, uh, we probably would not have beaten that series... Well, we might have, but it would have sucked. Um, I would say, I don't think we ever hit a major wall because of how quickly the glitch happened. Like, almost immediately, it was like, oh, I guess the game's over now because the final fight gave up. I think he had wrecked us twice before, and it was, like, brutal. Like, that was the territory of, like, when you see the videos of the end of Lords of the Fallen where they managed to apply so much slow to the final boss that his AI breaks, and then they just start standing there forever until you kill him. Huh. Like there was huh. that kind of like, oh, uh, nailed it. Anyway, um, what was the question? Glitches that have helped me out? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, rat mechanic. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at that point, those glitches are features. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I uh, I built a media empire out of... <laughs> Out of uh, scrap mechanic glitches, so there you now go. Now there's questions about my suspension of disbelief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we want to go so, for uh, that, uh, those glitches definitely uh, shotgunned me up a good extra, what, 10, 20,000 subscribers. <laughs> uh, now, probably more than that, dude. Did you <laughs> Fallout actually has accounted the glitches, for or the did most you of find them somewhere else? We found a fair number. Yeah. Boy, we did a lot, we find a fair number. But people sent us a lot. Yep. Just kind of in general. So yep. you mean you guys actually discovered them? Like, first-time discovery for... Well, we didn't them. share them, but insofar as we found them at a roughly the same time other people probably found them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Independently. I mean... Yeah, we, uh... We, we broke that game's arm every single day. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> it was fun. Um... Was a serious, relationship. As a serious, as a serious answer, um... I did uh, a lot of glitching through um, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time when I was really mm-hmm. young. That was uh, a lot of fun, like infinite sword glitch and uh, stuff like that. We were actually watching but, someone do the speed run for it and the uh, types yeah. of glitches they had to employ. Sheesh. Shell was not okay with it at first. She's like, that's not right. <laughs> glitch runs are so much more fun to watch than non-glitch runs. Oh, yeah. In my opinion. Well, I was astounded at how even missing something for, like, a millisecond could completely ruin your speed run. 
Movement like tech how is cool. precise things had to be. I'm thinking to myself, who went through the effort of testing something at like that particular moment? Mm-hmm. Ah. Have I told you guys about like the the Halo Two like multiplayer glitches? Hmm. There's some really no, weird ones. Not. Like these are like less surprising and stuff like that because they don't happen by happenstance. They were more like community knowledge glitches, but. Yeah. Like, one of the big ones that was strange is that uh, you could aim at somebody... So, a lot of these glitches have to do with lock-on mechanics. Like, the sword in mm. that game, if you're within, like, a meter or two of your opponent or something, you could hit... Your reticle would turn red, and you could pull the trigger, and you would lunge at them and kill them, and it would just, na- oh, it would yeah. just nail them and take so them out. Great. Like, that's yep. how the mechanic works. It has this pursuit thing programmed into it. So, yeah. what you could do is you could sit down in the passenger seat of a warthog, the jeep... And aim at somebody that walks up to your jeep, and you could pull the trigger on them, but your character won't swing their weapon, but you'll lock onto them uh, from the passenger seat of the jeep. They can then go to the opposite side of all of Blood Gulch, and then you can get out of the Warthog, and you will fly across the entire map to them. What? And it was just really bizarre stuff like that. That's that's pretty funny. (laughs) So this gets weirder. This gets weirder. So when you aim at somebody in that game, it turns the reticle red. Like an with yeah. any gun, but different guns have different range limits for where they can have the reticle turn red. For some uh-huh. reason, the rocket launcher specifically had infinite lock-on range. Like not necessarily for the hold right trigger to lock on the vehicle mechanic, but just the part where the reticle turns red when you're pointing at somebody. So people found uh, that if walls? you, uh, not through walls necessarily, but just like literally okay. across the entire map. Like, if you point a pistol straight at somebody across the entire map, it wouldn't turn red because they were too far away. Even the sniper had a distance eventually, I think, where that would max it out. But the rocket had infinite range for some reason. So what you could do is you could aim at somebody across the entire map. And the timing was hard, so you would mostly would just rapidly press Y, which is the switch weapon uh, button, and trigger to rapidly try to switch between your rocket and your sword. And eventually, if you'd get it right, you would lock on to the uh, opponent with your sword via the rocket's red reticle. And you'd fly across the map at them. And then stab them, yeah. yeah. I, I had a friend who was, who had mastered that specific trick. And so for the land party, he would just telestab all of us. It was it, not... In addition yeah, to that... Yeah, that sounds like a great way to kill that game. I, what was great <laughs> about it, though, Halo 2 after that? The best, the best version of this was the sword cancel. And that's because this mm-hmm. is where things got weird. Because this is where we could create the sword elevator, which is somebody would stand on top of your head and they would jump <laughs> and you would sword you would sword lunge at them, but then you'd also press like X to cancel the sword so that the actual attack wouldn't happen, but you would lunge at them. And then they mm-hmm. could jump again and you could sword lunge them without killing them and you could loop that until you're flying way up into the air and then you could go jump on stuff you're not supposed to be able to jump onto throughout the level. And so <laughs> it quickly became a thing where you would start mapping out where all the invisible walls are that govern where you can go in various levels and you'd find ways to climb out of every multiplayer map. You would have entire lobbies where nobody was shooting each other at all in custom games because you just wanted to like sword glitch your way through all the weird architecture and like see all the weird like behind the scenes stuff in every multiplayer map and shit got elaborate. (laughs) Like I spent, (laughs) I, I probably, I may have spent 100 hours or so over the course of like 2002 or three, just non, or I guess the 2004, yeah, 2004, just like mm-hmm. exploring these weird multiplayer maps. And they kept adding multiplayer packs because this is one of the first games to have like map packs for it, that yeah. like for console in particular. And so like they kept expanding our weird list of like super adventures we could go on. And that shit was just, it was just fun 
there it was weird it was weird how elaborate you go on these weird outside of the map adventures in each map because of how just whatever amount they'd had decided to make out there basically yeah yeah it's a cool game i think a lot of it was patched out at some point but that was a neat experience now you can just right. no clip oh but that's uh, not as cool yeah, I next, know. Uh, Speaking of scrap mechanic, I think the next question might take back to a conversation, a story that Bird might have told during the maze, the second maze episode, I think. I don't remember. Okay. Oh, okay. But uh, 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 Clixian Gaming asks, basically, uh, have, you, have you ever had a moment where you felt like somebody was trying to become your boyfriend or girlfriend? Oh, oh you mean yeah, online? Yeah, didn't you have like a weird story about like some sort of person that turned out to be terrible or something? Oh, wait, <laughs> I have wait. A ton of those. <laughs> wait, wait. Oh, you mean this is a continuation of that huge conversation? No, I think I thought I you think meant like probably answer it outside online of online people. Hmm. Uh, well, bird things. Uh, in seventh grade, I had a girl that would like follow me around anytime there were dances because. She had a huge crush on me, but she didn't know my name or who I was. She just oh. knew I existed. And so she would try and find me, and I'd spend, like, half half of the two dances that I ever went to trying to dodge her because she had a weird face. <laughs> and I was a sixth grader, and the idea of, like, dating or even dancing with people was weird. I was mostly just there to hang out with my friends because they mm-hmm. were, I guess, more interested in girls, but also terrible at girls, so... <laughs> Yeah. They would just kind of strike out and then go play poker in the cafeteria, which was fun. <laughs> uh, I think I already described how a lot of people were afraid of me. So, not not afraid of me in like the like terror sense, but like shell crush. <laughs> <laughs> More I'm like shell dark wolf. Uh oh, like puny you know, human between thigh. She has a somewhat strong personality and can talk anyone's ear off. I don't I don't know about this. That kind of thing. <laughs> also, for the longest time, I was just like, I shall date no man. None are worthy of me. Um, like that kind of thing. Phrasing? Huh? Nothing. You will date women. They are worthy. Man? No. It wasn't anyway. that sense. You know, it's... It, I was trying to make a play off of the, like, you know, yeah, Lord the, of the, the Witch King going, like, no man shall kill yeah, me. Yeah, and then I, I have no man. Like, but a woman can. No. Yeah. Oh, the dumbest it. thing in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty stupid, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like... It was like one of those like nerdy like, actually moments, but in the middle of, like, a climactic fight. I'm like, what the fuck? Rules yeah, lawyer uh, over here. <laughs> Unfortunately, there were a number of, like, the creepy guys that would try to strike up conversations and, like, especially, like, in college after classes, just sort of hanging around like, hey, do you want to talk? And, I mean, admittedly, this guy was one of those people, but he wasn't quite as creepy, so. We were bored in art class. It's an easy (laughs) in. (laughs) That's the game. You gotta get your mark real bored. Yeah, and then, uh, and then boom, that's the wander system. The W no, stands for we, board. Well, what it was was uh, I had been talking with uh, the girl next to me about um, ball do- jointed dolls because, like, I suppose she collected a lot of them, and we were just talking about the artistry of it. 
And during breaks, I would draw like Star Wars characters or something. And he happened to be sitting on the other side and it's like, oh, wow, you know, mm-hmm. that's General Grievous. Obviously, you guys can tell I. Oh, yeah, she was she was like drawing Grievous like super large and like totally eating up the fact that everybody was like, that's General Grievous. Like, you're amazing. She was like, yeah, I know it. And I'm just being like, she is so smug right now. Hey, I I really like drawing, you know, like cyborgs and mechanical monstrosities Mm -hmm. and things. So, yeah, it's just this is fun. And then we got to talking a lot about Star Wars and our Mm -hmm. shared experiences. But like several years apart and several miles apart of like, oh, hey, do you remember that time in Knights of the Old Republic when HK-47 said this or that? And oh, yeah, he was he was like the 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 best party member and blah, 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 blah. You know, just it's interesting how uh, video games can create sort of a, a semblance of a shared experience, even though. Well, I mean, that's literally our careers. So. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. pretty much. I suppose it's just that. You you each experience the same adventure apart from one another, but you guys can relate because you've experienced. Yeah, yeah. Uh, never mind. Okay. <laughs> um, I like how I made fun of. Uh, I've made fun of the nerdist before in Chris Hardwick, and when mm-hmm. I would scroll down now to the bottom of our podcast page on iTunes. By the way, our podcast is on iTunes now. I don't know if I mentioned that during a podcast yet. Uh, you did. The. Uh, <laughs> The, f- the first thing that comes up is listeners are also subscribed to The Nerdist with Chris Hardwick. Uh, can you blame them? It seems like it would be pretty like lot the, of crossover like there. The most number one related podcast on yeah. all of iTunes is the one I was making fun <laughs> of. I'm like, oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man. Man. Stories about girls. You know, I've shared all the uh, really amusing ones. So the ones that are left are like kind of they're more sad yeah mm. um but i had several i've had several people over the course of my streaming career try and pretend to be shell it's not exactly the same that's deal several? I thought it was yeah that's pretty amusing no I thought no it was one or two. i've told you about mm-hmm. a couple of them most of them are not notable because they're just like whatever uh there was somebody a little while back who uh she had been in chat a bunch and then this is like kind of during a period where you and I didn't have any common series. And then oh. you started talking and she's like, what? Water has a girlfriend? Mm-hmm. And then never came back. And I was like, all right. We <laughs> <laughs> were still uh, like. No, this was like, this, this was during uh, Breath of the Wild. Oh, this reaction. Yeah, this. Oh, was- but I wasn't practically all the Breath of the Wild except for. <laughs> Except for the Korok hunting. But we hadn't recorded Husbando much of it Husbando has fallen. Yeah. <laughs> Husbando is dead. That makes me, that does make me wonder, like, what the statistics are for, like, YouTubers that have significant others versus single. Like, how does it affect their, like, watchers and their ratings? Like, I mean, I think all the most popular YouTubers all have significant others. Now yeah. they do, but before they were like the eligible bachelors. Yeah, they're definitely people I mean, with the number one person, about... uh, PewDiePie. Like, I've never seen him ever not have a girlfriend. Yep. I know yep. that Markiplier hadn't had a girlfriend for a while. Now he does. So there are a lot of friends that I knew. I didn't know that. that. That's interesting. Is his girlfriend Jack Sacticai? Wait, what? 
I'm not are. keeping up with the tabloids. Oh, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, you, you can't go. You can't go on DeviantArt without seeing <laughs> mashup pairings of those two, and it's just like, oh mm-hmm. gosh. I'm not the one that draws it, or even links <laughs> it. <laughs> it's more of a thing that is inflicted upon people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is true. Uh, I had the see. experience of my brother dating. Uh, someone who had a twin and then that person for some reason thought that that meant that they were going to date me and I didn't like that. Oh, at all. interesting. <laughs> wait, wait, you mean, oh, because, you know, twins marry the brothers or the like sisters that their other twin is with Apparently. kind of weird stuff. <laughs> I think that we would just both pair off and I'm like, no, I don't like this person really at all. <laughs> In fact, every time I meet twins of any kind, there's always one of them that I basically despise. <laughs> like, you're yeah. the cool twin and you're the dick. Yeah, like I carpooled uh, to college with someone for like two years, and they had a mm-hmm. twin that I hate ever being in the room with. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I I have a friend, and unfortunately, um, so her older brother had dated a girl, and now they're in- engaged and going to get married. But then, um, she had dated the younger brother to this girl, mm-hmm. and broke up. Um, and now she's married to to someone else. But I'm thinking, you know, when her brother marries his girlfriend, it means that in some kind of weird way, that guy is going to be a brother-in-law to her older brother. And then, like, they might see each other every now and then kind of thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Eh. Yeah. It's I, a little uh, bit more farther removed, one story. Though. This one, I've told all the, uh, like I said, I told all the ones that were, like, really amusing. The, uh, but I still have this one, which I totally forgot about until just now. That's kind of, it's less amusing than the others, but I still find it very funny. So, um, this was, uh, back, like, in my freshman year of high school, I think. And, uh, I was, like, I was still, like, learning how to, like, work with the ladies and whatnot. And, uh, so I just mentioned to, like, this one girl that I, I had a crush on, I mentioned to her friend, I was like, hey, you know, I think this person's pretty cool, uh, what do you think they'd be, like, interested in me? Should we, like, get to talking and stuff like that? Like, I just figured I would, like, ask her. Um, which, obviously, you can't tell a high school girl they have a crush on their friend without them... Just, like, spilling the beans. Like, they blurted it out. Which, like, wasn't really too big of a deal, honestly. Um, But, uh, so the next day, I, like, go up to this person. And I was like, hey, how's it going? Or whatever. And uh, she just says, like, like, uh, she, she, she knew. And I knew that she knew. Because she said that she was in love with me. And I was like, this is literally the first time we've ever talked, but okay. Like, uh, so we'll hang out more. It was like basically like my like reaction. Um, and, uh, I ended up like actually never talking to her again because (laughs) later that day I found out that she did a lot of cocaine and I was like, well, um, Never mind. I I managed to have a crush on the craziest person I've ever heard of. <laughs> then what 
Like, what were the unlocked. qualities that you were looking for back then to, like, quantify a crush? Not insane. <laughs> uh, I mean, no, end of I mean, obviously, she didn't appear insane initially. It was only the knowledge of the cocaine that, like, tipped the scale. No, it was definitely the I'm in love with you that was... Oh, that too. ...the tipped the yeah. scale. <laughs> the, uh, the cocaine addiction was um, just... I guess, uh, like a nice fine powder on top. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, I don't, I don't know what I liked about her. I mean, I barely remember, like, what she was like. Um, I, I mean, we had, like, a class together. And when you go to school, that's, like, 80% of why you would be attracted to somebody is, like, hey, you're nearby. You know, your dating pool when you're that young is tiny. It's just, get what you get right so um i guess eh. i don't know i guess she was cute that's probably all i remember it's a long time ago i definitely remember the uh the i love you and the cocaine a hell of a lot more <laughs> than i remember her like attributes outside of that I always remember the cocaine <laughs> <laughs> yes bullet dodged by young bird oh yeah oh yeah Another girl that I really had a crush on way back then um, was really, really hardcore Christian. And I know now, like, oh, that would have been a real disaster. But I was I was willing to look past it at the time. But if we had ever actually, like, I don't know, done anything, like, it would have just been a freaking disaster. <laughs> I'm I sorry. Like, she I am was, too like, Jewish for you. <laughs> Um, you know, probably her parents were like that. Um, they, I, 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 I would be like, I'd be like, I want to, uh, I found this new band. It's called Led Zeppelin. I'm sure her parents would be like, so, um, Satanism. Uh, why you listen to the Satan's music? <laughs> they were, they were that kind of, it was that intense. Whenever I bring up that we play D and D, my mom just thinks back to the days when she went to Oral Roberts university and was just mm. like, that that's we were told that that was the devil's game, and I'm just like, it's not Mom, wrong. No, <laughs> there are devils. I mean, well, I guess there, there, are, there are creatures in the game. Some may be devils, but it's <laughs> it's just oh yeah, it's just I, crafting stories. I've had, had a, some had interesting f- religious encounters where, like my my grandfather's the Seventh Day Adventist is trying to raise their their daughter and all that, and like. They go to me for technological solutions for stuff where, like, they want uh-huh. to. They had me set, like, she when she was like thirteen years old. They had me set their phone for uh, child protection for ages like seven ish. Mm-hmm. So, like, they can only use apps that are meant for seven year olds when the when she's mm-hmm. thirteen. And they got their oh. fir- got her her first ever media player, like a iPod type device. It was like a super 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 third party unknown brand weird block thing <laughs> and a toshiba music man i like i was going through my catalog of thousands of songs and we couldn't find like anything that he was okay with her listening to even when we went past like spirit in the sky and stuff like i was at some point i started pan trying to pander to them with like christian songs that i know and i couldn't uh-huh. even get those on it like at some point she basically just wanted like literal gospel was like the only music it was uh-huh. Now, would they have even like Mormon Tabernacle Choir? Would, it would they have even been Mormon? approving <laughs> of uh, like Disney 
or anything because I know that. Oh no there was... no 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 no! Oh, because of if the you hit a certain level of everything. Christianity, Disney is way yeah. Di- way not Disney coach. was not okay. Um, because so, there were some oh, girls oh, that I knew where they were only allowed to watch things below PG thirteen. Well, I mm-hmm. I knew so, a lot of, I, and this was into high school and everything. Yep, I knew a bunch of people that. So when I was in uh, Los Alamos, I, I don't know what it is about New Mexico specifically, but it uh, it seems to attract this type of people. But um, mm-hmm. the uh, the pastor the pastor was fine, but his wife was freaking crazy. Um, what happened was. We went over there and they more or less just shoot us off into the room. So I, I turned to the other the kids and I'm like, okay, you know, what do you want to do? It's like, well, we could watch like, uh, oh, shoot. Do you, did you guys ever see the cartoon where Veggie they Tales? were? No, 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 no. They were like doing time travel. But like every single time travel. Yeah, it was a I, cartoon. They were doing time travel and every single um episode had like a, a religious, uh, Oh. Uh, some kind of religious message tied to it. I probably saw that at one point, but I can't for the life of me think of what it was. So what like, had they was like an do educational stories? show? No. Probably. It, it was like kind of historical. It's like, here's like uh, the Wild West, but let's interject some kind of like religious. Um, oh. Some like kind I'm, of religious moral into it. No idea. I, <laughs> I could find it. But so we had like one VHS from that because... We bought pretty much everything from the thrift store because my parents are insane. Um, uh huh. And so we brought that with us, knowing that they didn't have much because they didn't they didn't really believe in TV. And so we put that in. And I want to say, like two minutes into this episode, in the middle of the prayer scene, the uh, the wife uh, of the pastor runs in and she's like, "No, no, 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 no!" And then turns on uh, Winnie the Pooh because it was <laughs> time travel. Was too um too magic, yeah, too magic, and <laughs> so despite the fact that they were like, so talking stuffed animals are better, y- yeah, yeah. It- was it an okay. anime? No, no, it was a cartoon. No, it was an old. Uh, oh, I can, man. I can look it up because I'm looking uh, at something called Superbook. Which, uh, apparently the children, like, read the Bible, and the Bible, like, warps them to the the Old Testament days. (laughs) And it's like, they go back to, like, all the, uh, the classic hits from the first, uh, from, from the book of Genesis, it looks. Yeah, no, it's, it's not Superbook. They were going... I'm curious, I gotta figure this out. (laughs) Yeah. Religious time travel... Cartoon. <laughs> Guys, we could go look at 80s and 90s cartoon shows and just go through everything. Let's not uh, say we did. Yeah. Uh, but also, I what if we so did? Back in college. I'll, I'll, find, I'll find it for next time, probably. Uh, let's see. Yeah, there was also uh, McGee and Me. That was another one that oh, was gosh. not okay. Wait, wait, wait. Those, they look like Page Master things, except they're, they're cartons? Up. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. No, no, yeah, no, not that one. Salty and Friends. Uh, oh, here we go. Adventures and Odyssey. That, w- that was the cartoon. Oh! oh with the dog and the... Yeah, yeah. which actually was, like, totally fine, uh, despite the the religious message. Like, it was actually fairly good content, but uh, because it was time travel, it was not okay. 
for her her precious kids. And then she uh, tried to convince my mother uh, that fraud was um, uh, was worth doing. Wait, what? Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, so this lady would uh, routinely um, embezzle money from. No, herself? she would. Uh, no. She would join in on class action lawsuits. Uh, as oh, though but- she had been, you know, affected oh. uh, because she wanted extra extra cash. So if there was, say, too much pesticides on a thing well, she of apples, like, she'd be like, oh, I, I definitely bought I'm one of those apples. <laughs> uh, she would like, so there were like uh, diaper rash uh, oh. things uh-huh. that were like going on in the 90s. Like, you know, I kids, have a diaper rash. <laughs> well, uh, she had like, you know, six year olds. So she was claiming that. You know, they they had mm-hmm. somehow uh, been victims of this diaper rash <laughs> issue. My six-year-old like, ate too many diapers. Ew. <laughs> All right. People should be um, potty trained at six, right? Should be. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it so, would usually happen by age, like, three. Right? Uh, two or three? Okay. Uh, uh, got, how many more questions do we have, Keith? Yeah, more questions. Uh, we need to go through them faster. I think 28. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, favorite boss in a Soulsborne game? Aww. From Caleb Mead. I can't answer these. Uh, wow. Freaking, uh, I, I really liked the... um. I really liked the the dragon boss from Demon Souls, actually. I thought that was kind of fun to watch. Uh, Artorius. For me, it's going to have to be Ludwig, the Accursed slash Holy Blade. And I can't really explain why for spoiler reasons, because you guys haven't gotten to it yet. But that mm. is one of the... Not only is it a ridiculously epic fight, but also, like, Bloodborne in particular is good at having, like, Osiris-type fights everywhere. Where there's, like, a little bit of framing that makes it feel like, even if you don't fully understand what's going on, there's, like, a weight to the meaning of everything. Like, something seriously going down, even if you don't know what it is about the boss. Mm-hmm. That happens so much in Bloodborne, and this is, like, the peak of that. And it has a re- ridiculously epic soundtrack which i've linked in discord yeah. with a time code to the part where <laughs> yeah it's so it's cool. a great, a great just great theme and ridiculously memorable fight and that's that's a trip but also infuriating it <laughs> took me to dark places <laughs> uh-huh. next question here we go blah someone asked what's our favorite video game i think does it is that like super covered territory? Yeah, at this we've point? answered that like a billion this. times. I feel like we must yeah. have. Yeah. Actually, sometimes people what they do is they have a permanent like pinned thing on their blog that's like a fact page for the yeah. most commonly answered questions and what our answers are for it. Nah. They can watch the podcast. Jackson Jones asked, "How are you so good at YouTube by doing it a lot?" Yeah, that's practice and repetition. <laughs> uh, Rockford Risen May, if you could chose one game from your childhood that you would want a remake of, what would it be? Hmm. Hmm. Mischief Makers. That's a good one. Uh, just something uh, weird. Jackrabbit 3. Red Alert. Mischief Makers West, is would I miss bonkers. you? Yeah, oh, God, we all miss Westwood. I think my issue is that one of my favorite games as a child was the Banjo-Kazooie series, and oh. they tried with ukulele. <gasps> Shell got did. to experience that firsthand. Uh, <laughs> and That's then, I mean, a funny and then, one. And then Mist sort of had abduction, so, I mean... But that yeah. was a good one. Mm-hmm. Except for the load times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, it would be like where the puzzle bad. is loading. <laughs> yeah, because in the original Mist linking books, yeah, it would take a long time to load, especially if you had to change. Yeah, but discs normally you don't make the, the puzzle solving it, the, the loading screens. Were the loading screens and abductions? So that was worse. Next yeah. question. Go go go. Uh, I don't even know what this one means. How do you perceive the levels of Dark Souls now compared to when you first started playing? From Dark Souls one, they mean probably. Yeah, I, don't I know even... where everything is, I guess, but that's true of, like, all games. Yeah, like, there's, like, a certain, like, I know yep. this to everything. It's, like, I guess, like, watching Game of Thrones when you've read the books already, I guess. Like, there's a knowledge there. Maybe, yeah. I don't really know how to answer that question, mostly. I don't think I really have a satisfying question. Resubmit it. Maybe yeah. we should have, like, a specific Dark Souls podcast, because there's <laughs> yeah. a lot of Dark Souls questions. Once we beat Bloodborne... We can do uh, a, a retrospective on the entire series for us Thomas sure. Vinci shouts games as art what was the most popular uh, sorry what was the most thought provoking game for you thought provoking hmm missed missed games just the whole <laughs> series that's it's weird because like, sorry it, it's like a thing where it has to like it has to touch on a bunch of issues or like topics of some kind but also still maintain some level of personality and personableness that makes me care still it's like, yeah. like near both near games kind of have an issue where it's hard for me to attach myself to, to get super invested in all the themes the games are dealing with because the story itself is so bare bones in order to make space for all this. Like, we're gonna have ten hours of philosophy discussion in this thing. Like, mm-hmm. everyone's mm-hmm. ironically named after philosophers. Isn't this interesting? Can you get what we're getting at? And you have to like check the <laughs> to figure out what they're inferring basically. But then the, mm-hmm. the the core story is kind of weirdly like unpersonal. And, like, I feel distant from it the whole time I'm playing through it. Yeah. Sometimes first-person stuff helps a lot. It's like, uh, like when I think of thought-provoking, probably Talos Principle was pretty great. Yeah. People arguing mm. about whether or not they count as people, because none of them are people. <laughs> Next question. Did everyone even answer that one? Yeah, eh. everyone didn't answer that one. Doesn't uh, stop, the stop rushing, Wander, this pointless. You're just going to irritate me. <laughs> Well, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> well, I don't think the rest was... of us had like a major answer. Whereas what was you the game did. that made you think? Yeah, but you're literally like starting to repeat yourself. Like, next question, next question. I'm like, just, just calm down. <laughs> it's not worth it. It's fine. We'll get <laughs> fine. to the questions we get through. Fine. I, I don't have any games. Generally, don't like put me into this like fugue. So, I don't know. No, I'm not saying you have to have a que- answer. It's just like for the last few questions. You're like, you're, you're rushing, and it's like, it's, it's no, fine. There's I, no need. That is. This is the first one that I've been saying next. Bird's been saying <laughs> next question here. Yeah. Let's okay. What the Enough fuck finger does this pointing. one say? Do we have another answer or I'm are skipping we this next on? one because it doesn't make sense? Okay. It's from that guy that usually makes no sense. Ah. And we've also answered a few of his already. Blah. Should Gavin Moreter asked, should Valve make a Half Life Three or will it be? as praised like the other two or do you think that it will not live up to the hype and will be there will be riots of angry gamers at the valve offices <laughs> funny 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 imagination there i i think that there are some studios where they're better served by building new ips maybe i, I think th- i think the train has has left the station for for Fallout, and anything that they make is yeah. probably going to be inferior, if only because... Oh, Fallout, Half-Life. I thought you were talking or, about no, Half-Life. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Half-Life, sorry. Uh, the Half-Life. main issue is yeah. just too much time has passed. Yeah. 
I have zero I issue say... with how much time has passed. I just don't think that Valve can make a game anymore. Yeah. Mm. That too. I would say uh, maybe make a movie or a book and just like send off the series with something like that. Because a game at this point is just not going to cut it, I don't think. I mean, I bet they could do it. I just... I don't know. I think that if they do do it, they shouldn't make a big deal out of it. Like, they should just present it like, we're going to finish out the story, this is what it is, and just make it like a quiet thing. I like... Yeah. I liked where it looked like things were going because I like the idea of like, what if like there was now the new gimmick gun is that you're playing through a shooter campaign with a portal gun, like that mm-hmm. could have been yeah. cool, but it yeah, didn't like, happen. they they just need one one neat gimmick they think they can build a campaign around and then just like commit to it. The problem is that Valve's internal structure is so completely nightmarish yeah. and nonsensical that I can't see a, a proper full game really ever getting done ever again. Just make the entire game take place in the boat, and then that'll make everyone happy. Put the portal gun, put it on the Borealis, put you on the Borealis. It's, that's all they need to do. That, literally, that's a, those are the two things that people even know about Half-Life 3, is yeah. that there's a boat, and that the portal gun was in it. So just <laughs> make it that, and then boom, that's all you need to deliver. <laughs> like, Have you guys read articles about like how Valve works and whatnot like that? Yep. Mess. Yeah. Have they been it's primarily a, a focusing flat on structure where stream people and just stuff well? Steam. The thing is, they yeah, in. they make so much money from Steam. They don't have to release a game. They can and just they do whatever to, they want, and they would have to actively fight against the structure of their own company to ever make a Half Life game. At this point, like it's right because you could never pool all the people for it. Yeah, they'd be just, hurting cats. Their company's just not designed in a way to make that kind of project possible. There has to be like a zeitgeist that makes everyone motivated yeah. to want to voluntarily <laughs> commit it's, themselves to that. It's project. a company where everything. Uh, it's it's just a collection of startups. It's a bunch yeah. of like six yeah. little like indie indie devs. Did it's you, as amazing did you as it hear is baffling. They, did you what? hear they put, picked up the uh, Kerbal Space Program people? Well, I guess we're never going to see any more <laughs> stuff come Kerbal out of them. from them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes the people that pick up still make things, but that's the trick. Is like Valve pretends to make games by picking up a different company that makes games. Like that's like yeah, like you well, get they a did it with Dota, Dota too, and it works yeah. great. Yeah, like, hey, you guys that make the Dota games, make us I mean, a Dota I, game. Another and we'll, way to print money. And we'll call it our Dota game. <laughs> I, I'm <laughs> totally fine with them actually just picking up like promising indie devs or regular devs and giving them an environment where they're not like constrained by EA, for example, mm-hmm. and can make Dota 2 or TF2 or. If only just like someone like Herbal Arcane 2. Studios could finish Half Life, but I don't see Valve working with Bethesda. And I think that Arcane probably is. is under Bethesda permanently or something? Probably, yeah. yeah. Alright. Uh, next question. I'm just going to start reading this one out loud because it looks like I can't parse it immediately by glancing at it. Okay. Uh, do you get any control over what ads get displayed on your channels? I'm usually fine with sitting through a few, min- uh, a few minutes nope. of ads, but I've seen... I've been seeing no. 10 minutes. This, this goes on for a while. No. Yeah, <laughs> we no. have... We have yeah. no control. You have control. You can opt into certain types of ads, but we... Or more specifically, from- we control... We can sometimes control what types of ads play, as in, like, the format of the ads. Like, 
At least it depends mm -hmm. on. It might depend a bit. Like I don't know if you yeah. being under Aren't a manager can take control ads? away from you. Do you still have control? Uh, first yeah. does not take control away, but okay. Uh, so like I, we can choose to have an ad at the beginning of the video, an ad at the end of the video. As in like the playing ads, we can choose to have a pop up like weird bottom thirds thing, and we can choose to manually place in the middle of the video ads if we want to, which. You definitely see on stuff like Rooster Teeth, we're like, this is an hour-long video, and it has four ads in it and stuff like that. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. But we don't choose the ads or how long they are and so on and stuff like that. That's all a surprise. And oftentimes, yep. it's just whatever ad that YouTube can find. Uh, CGP Grey recently made a video that just flat-out explains more or less how this goes, and that basically the computers do an auction whenever you load up a video. and the yeah, it's and really ha neat. However the auction pulls out, like, that's the video that plays, and that's the person who pays money for their ad and stuff like that, and, like, that just sort of I mean, happens through algorithms. Yeah, in an ideal world, it would be sort of similar to television, where during certain time slots, there's a particular show going on, and say you're watching, like, kids' cartoons. Oh, suddenly all the ads are going to be oriented around, uh, board games and new toys and whatnot it was like but, yeah. god watching kids cartoons was seeing commercials for like toys and health insurance health That's insurance why oh, oh I are you kidding me turn on cartoon network or something watch a kid's programming block and just watch the that, that's an ad that's going I, to the parents while the they're parents. while the kids are in the yeah. room like oh i should do something for my my children and stuff like that I, I think yep. it was something like a Gerber-y thing where it's, it's like... It's called put emotional money manipulation. Put money away so that your grandchildren will be able to go to I'm college. Sure. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. But it always... It's terrible during, like, nighttime hours, especially if there's a sports game going on, because it's like, mm -hmm. Viagra, Cialis. Man, yeah, some of these make no video. sense. <laughs> uh, we're making some progress because I'm skipping a few of them because I can't comprehend them. <laughs> uh, if you had the time and money, would you ever make slash play a video of you playing the Dark Souls board game? The board game? Amigo uh, Dominic. If, if we're ever in the same area, I'm totally down for it. Um, I mean, for me, I like, most... yeah. Yeah. I don't, the Dark Souls part is really unimportant to this question, but like I would love to screw board around games. and make board game videos. The problem is uh, making video game videos with or without a webcam, easy. Making live action professionally filmed stuff, kind yeah. of a Super nightmare. Hard. Like yeah. I've, I've been, like we in this house, because we have board game nights and we have a giant shelf of like 50 board games and stuff. Mm -hmm. We've tried live streaming before. Uh, like Marty had like this Dice Council uh, Twitch stream channel and everything, and you you can't see things if you point a, sure. if you just point normal people <laughs> cameras at a board game in a normal room you can't see anything. There's no detail I, and like you need like professional studio lights all pointing at it and maybe even multiple cameras pointing at all the different people and on the board oh, and zooming oh, yeah. in and stuff because like I think you, you can't to... see anything. I think you would need at least one camera pointed on each person's face so that, say, if they're having a longer bit of dialogue, then you, like, flip the cut to them specifically. And then you have to have another one on the board, but you might have to have someone actually controlling where it is particularly pointing on the board and then, like, zooming in when there's something that needs to be seen. Uh, uh, it's just... It, it would be so work-intensive. Yeah, I, I had, like, the full, like... 
almost like a Will Wheaton experience with the tabletop channel thing, trying to make like oh, yeah. at one point I made like a for sad games we tried recording two people playing Munchkin basically, and oh. we despite having two separate cameras pointing at both of them and everything, we just you couldn't see anything so like i was gonna like try to scan every single card of the entire deck into a scanner so i could actually visibly display the real cards on the screen because you just normal cameras and normal lighting are just garbage like you start realizing how much work goes into those sets even if they look like normal rooms on youtube channels it would have been like Yu-Gi-Oh, where someone's like, "I'm going to play the Blue Eyes White Dragon," and then like it shows the card like <laughs> yeah. flash across Honestly, the screen. It and... almost would be more viable for us to bootleg it into Tabletop Sim or wait for yeah. somebody to do it for us. Yeah, but tabletop yeah. that Tabletop Sim is miserable. It's pretty yep. bad. It's somebody we, actually we, like, was it's uh, just not a good time because the the. The problem with tabletop sim is there's such a barrier between you and controlling the game you're trying to control. That should just be you picking up stuff intuitively. That yeah. like it just it it kills the spirit. Like we had so much trouble enjoying anything we spent time playing in tabletop sim because it was like it, we just finicking around was too much of the process. Apparently, uh, it is in tabletop sim though. If we do if we do want to give it a a, <laughs> a try, um, somebody had actually asked that we switch our campaign over to tabletop sim and i'm like please no we're not doing that roll 20 is great yeah roll 20 (laughs) is mostly great it's got some fiddly bits but it's oh we should we don't pay for it so no one of the main reasons roll 20 works is because it's for D &D, and in D &D, the stuff on the table barely matters yeah also like i'm i can make you can play without visuals yeah, I can also make a fully custom campaign for Roll Roll Twenty, whereas Tabletop Sim that would require like three D modeling and shit, which mm-hmm. is already hard enough for Star Fox. So let's not add more of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. We have time for a couple more questions. Yeah, next one. That I think I'm just skipping that one. <laughs> Skipping a lot of them now. <laughs> I'm just going to skip to the most recent one that came in because I already read it and it seemed usable. Uh, Benjamin Meyer says, I have been thinking about starting YouTube, but I don't know what to start with. Would you recommend? What would you recommend for a basic setup with no microphone or, or software of any sort? OBS is your software and get a microphone. I... It sounds uncom- uncompromising, but you need a microphone. If it has to be a snowball, so be it. Yeah, but yeah, you can get so- a, you can get a, mi- a microphone for like sixty bucks ish, depending on Amazon deals. Look at a graph mm-hmm. somewhere that tells you what where the prices go at different times. There's there's sales a lot. Yeah, get like yeah. a snowball or an AT twenty twenty or USB or something usable. Uh, but so like, have- if you don't if you don't have a microphone, it's probably not. I mean. If you don't have a microphone, you might as well just sit in front of a, a game and just practice commentary because there's generally not really a yeah, whole lot of point in recording the audio a video of, of, your, of your content is the first thing that will make people leave. Yes. Yeah. And it will also be the main reason why anybody will stick around. The only exception is if you're doing like kill montages in like a, an FBS, but hell, I don't even know if that's like a, a genre that people really watch anymore. I just don't understand how you build a personality 
Yeah. When yeah. you remove I, your I guess ma- there, major I, avenue for, I, I guess the one one other exception that I can think of is using uh, really heavy edited edited subtitles. I um, guess you could do that. <laughs> there, there are a couple of channels that get away with that, but it's just it's not worth it. Just buy a mic yeah. and just practice. And then for your editing software, if you need any. I mean, I Sony guess you could Movie just use Studio. OBS, but yeah. Well, yeah. O- if you're good at live cuts, OBS works. Sony Movie Studio 13 or whatever the most recent version is. Like 20 is, bucks. So uh, cheap. It's like 20, 30, maybe 50 bucks. You can get it on sale in a month. So yep. in like it, it costs about 100 bucks to make like a functional YouTube channel. After that, everything else is just Games. increasing quality. That is totally. And we're, worth and we're doing, just assuming they're so. talking about video games, even because they don't really specify. Well, yeah. considering oh, they're yeah. asking a bunch of gamers, I'm not like, going to be yeah. able to tell you how to make PC a cutting show. I, do, I hope that when they say no mic, they meant that they don't have one and they're looking for recommendations. Because okay. uh, hopefully, they're not saying that they don't want a microphone because that's problematic. Uh, the way I talk about that stuff, like when people talk about uh, when people talk about uh, like it comes up on a lot, and I pretty much. At this point, I'm practically copy pasting the same post each time it happens. Where people will go to the Let's Play subreddit and ask what, <clears throat> why there's so many big YouTubers that all have microphones and all talk, and why that there's no where there's no prevalence of silent gameplay. And the thing is, silent gameplay is everywhere, all the time, constantly. If you look up any game, yeah. you can find no commentary playthroughs all over the place. But only like but you don't sub to those. People. Only like <laughs> yeah, only like two channels are big right now, practically that do no commentary. And that's because there's no, if you find a no commentary channel, uh, a playthrough of a game, you're doing it because you literally typed in like Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets, no commentary. And you go in and you're watching that with no commentary and then it's over and then you leave. Because like, yeah, if somebody has a personality, you subscribe for their personality and you want to see all their stuff and so on and so forth. And like, that's why you're sticking around. But if you find a silent playthrough, it's like checking out a book in a library. You're not going to subscribe to like the like the library's like weekly uh, <laughs> update or something like that, like on the mailing list. Like it's like, oh, that uh-huh. channel uploads silent playthroughs. I watched the one I cared about, and now I'm gone. And then that, so those channels don't grow, and that's why everyone you see with then any that the algorithms throw at you via happenstance and what and all recommendations and so on are all people's commentary because those people yeah. actually get followings. Yeah, it's impossible to be sticky without it. Yeah, it's not that there's well, not an audience for non-commentary mm-hmm. videos. It's just that there's no there's no uh, reason to ever subscribe to somebody that does that. So the audience just washes around and they just watch whatever they look up that day and that's it. Well, we've hit uh, about the end of our time here. Uh, how many questions do we get? Uh, do we have left? Uh, let me move this one to the folder real quick. Uh, nine. <sighs> Damn it. And mm-hmm. five of them look like the same person. <laughs> okay. Well, that's not, I think he that's, rapid doesn't fired necessarily questions. mean they're bad questions. He rapid fired five questions on the fourteenth. Right. Okay. So they're the same day too. We'll have to uh, we'll have to <laughs> take a look at those another time. Then I guess. Yep. Oh well. And I'll double check this to see if I can throw more of them out or not. Uh, yeah, a lot of people asking us what our favorite game is. That came up four more times while I was parsing through. That's why there was some pauses where I'm like, ah, shit, that's not usable either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, I mean, if you want to ask a question, that's not a bad one, I guess. But yeah. uh, it's just one we've it's, already answered. It's, yeah, it's like the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. 
try to think of questions we probably haven't answered already because I get that one yeah. weekly. <laughs> Where's yeah, Scrap like Mechanic? If- <laughs> I don't get that as much anymore. <laughs> like, if people have to ask about your favorite this or your favorite that, think of more obscure things. Like, uh, specific characters or heck, your favorite colors. Mist game. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's gonna be a tough one. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, thank you all for watching. This was Four Nerds, episode 28, The Question Marathon. Send if you want to give us. Probably. Yep, if send you want to give questions. us more questions, then <laughs> send it off to the and email. If I'm getting Keith. to your question or something, you're welcome to try to rephrase it or something, but it also might just be not. Depends on the topic, really. <laughs> yeah. We're free to topics, but sometimes, definitely a lot of them are like, are you going to play this specific game and stuff like that? And mm-hmm. then, like, I'm a, I just throw all those out immediately. Yeah. It's just a yes or no question, and it's binary. And like that, we've also have questions about like whether or not there is going to be continuations for D and D and all these other things. I'm like, well, there will or there won't be. I'm not like de- trying to make answers like to questions like that about the future here mm-hmm. is like just a guess, basically, because like we change our minds about everything. Okay, alrighty. So see you next time. Sending questions to fournerdsquestions at gmail dot com. We have our podcast on uh, fournerds.soundcloud.com slash fournerds. And if you look in the uh, sidebar for that and maybe in the description of these videos, based on where you're seeing them, if it's copied correctly, there's also a link to what is now our iTunes page. And so we're everywhere and all over the place and whatnot for free. Enjoy. See you next time.